Welcome to Land of the Creeks Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Greg. I'm Mortis, calling in from Norcaggy Lackey. That's North Carolina to all you Northerners, and you're listening to episode 311 of LOTC, baby. And it's all about the slashers, not the bass. Oh, no, it's not about the bass tonight. It's all about the slashers. We're going 80s versus 2000s. We're going to have a blast. Uh, we're going to be two movie reviews tonight, full reviews, as well as just a lot of banter back and forth about uh, past slashers and current slashers, man. Who's better? Who wins the battle? Well, I know, but that's all right. That's just me. But we'll, we'll let everybody chime in on that. Uh, but we're super excited. I want to thank everybody that tuned in to uh, episode 310, our double-double episode number five, where Ian and I was able to finish our two-part series where we were looking at Luciano Arcali, and we finished up the series with Death Walks on High Hills as well as Death Walks at Midnight, uh, the Susan Scott and uh, Simone andreo like dude it was such a great time had a blast and then pearl and i finished it out looking at the Kolchak tv series Kolchak, the night stalker Kolchak. uh with darren mcgavin yeah so we reviewed four episodes of that that was a blast uh so thank you each and everyone that's tuned into that and now it's a new episode and we're super excited we got the crew together we've got a special guest so without further ado let's welcome in outside of philadelphia pa mr dvd infatuation himself the encyclopedia of knowledge my brother, Dave, Dr. Shop Becker. What's up, Dave? Hey, Greg. It's awesome to be here. And of the 311 episodes, didn't, didn't we spend at least 150 of them talking about slashers? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we did. But this is going to be great because we're talking, you know, it, it's funny. You said 80s and 2000s, but we went from, what, 80 to 1999 as one group Mm-hmm. And then 2000 to 2020 is another group. We're just doing so them all. So we're looking at like 40 years of slasher films. That's mm-hmm. right, baby. Well, let's which, let's be which honest. It's pretty amazing. And Kolchak, mm-hmm. I love that show. Oh, Darren yeah. McGavin, as far as I'm concerned, was like the shit. He was amazing in that show. Oh, he was so good. This was he was so good. You had two movies, and then they set up with the TV show. Did you did, was one of the four the doppelganger one? Yeah. Yes, it was. Oh, yes. that's awesome. I love that episode. Yeah, we did. Um, it, it was really interesting because, you know, we could have picked the obvious, like, vampire episode they had or the werewolf episode or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we kind of went outside the box. One of the episodes we reviewed was Chopper, which was about a headless horseman or a headless oh, motorcycle nice. rider, which was really cool. And yeah. uh, we, we really dove into some real, a little bit more of the obscure ones. I, I, guess I, I have that entire series on DVD. Nice. I picked it up, oh, God, I don't know how many years ago uh, at this point. But, man, I love that show. Yeah. I really do. I think, and I think it's because of Darren McGavin. It's all because of Darren McGavin. It, he, he was he was so good in that show. Mm-hmm. He really was. All I can hear, though, is is the whole Christmas story. I mean, every time yes. he talked, all I could see him. <laughs> Did you know that for Christmas Story, they tried to get Jack Nicholson to play the father? Oh, shit. Dude, and I love Jack. Yeah, I do. I think Jack's an amazing actor, but damn it, Darren McGavin owned that part. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's perfect. They got they got the right guy to play the father in that in that movie. Absolutely. So cool. Good to have you on, Dave. So let's welcome uh, from Canada our buddy and brother and our our well not slasher our gore man I should say because he's not all about slashers he's all about the gore. 
Uh, it's none other than the Butcher Man himself from Phantom Galaxy, Bill the Butcher Van Vega. What's up, Bill? So did you say we're not talking about bass? I mean, we're not talking about Getty Lee, John and Twistle, and Jack Bruce? Is that not what today's <laughs> topic is? Nope. No. John and Twistle. Wow. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyways, and <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this episode. Uh, we have a great guest coming on. Uh, we have lots of good topics. It allowed me to go back and just literally type into YouTube slashers and i just basically watched whatever came up <laughs> and you know like it's it's one of those universal topics that if you're a horror fan i don't care if you like the 70s the 40s the 1910s the 2020s you're gonna love a slasher mm-hmm. and their influence on the genre is unmistakable and the amount of you know gratuitous violence the cool kills the you, you always love watching them to see because you never know how these you know these poorly portrayed women are going to get killed or these really hunky buffy guys are getting killed so i can't wait for a deep dive into this so let's bring it on bring it on the pain uh let's welcome in now the twisted temptress herself the love of my life i love this woman we're still a little bit under the weather but she's here tonight so let's welcome in pearl hi everybody hi (laughs) you know honestly i can't wait because it's just the it's just the thrill of the knife, you know. I w- I wanna legit hear it stab into someone. You just wanna hear it. I just wanna hear it. Are you trying to say something? Wow. Well, hmm. What, yeah, what right, do right, you mean? <laughs> what the hell? I'm scared. <laughs> what? You know that can be any time. You don't have to be asleep for that. Oh my I mean, god! Now I'm really scared. Beware <laughs> of the beware of the shower. <laughs> Oh my God! If she reaches over. You might think it's a romantic gesture, but it might not be. <laughs> it's going to be the sound of the knife going through the slicing of the skin. <laughs> well, it's good to have you on, love. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> so now, without further ado, let's welcome in our special guest. He was just on an episode of Double Double recently, and we brought him back for a regular episode. And it's none other than Richard Patterson. What's going on, Richard? Hey, man. How you guys doing? wonderful good to have you on awesome welcome Excellent. welcome to the it's cool to man the, i'm excited the... this is uh like i joked with uh greg it's kind of my uh bucket list of podcasts to be on you now yeah. get the jacket <laughs> the steve martin jacket yeah you're... so yeah man I'm, I'm really excited about it uh it's gonna be fun talking about slasher movies of both the 80s and the 2000s yep I'm super excited, man. Anytime that, that we can talk about slashers, I'm all about it. Cause yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, that's, that's my bread and butter and, um, more of eighties than any other time period, but that's okay. Well, we'll, yes, we'll give it, of course. We'll but, give it fair shape. Well, I think we're going to, we're, we're there. The slasher has been around for a long time and there have been some really strong ones, even into the two thousands. True. True. Uh, but we did, <laughs> we'll get into that. But I do want to say thank you once again. If you're new to the show, welcome. Uh, you're going to hear just a group of, of friends sit here and BS for about three, four, five, twelve hours, and we're going to have fun. <laughs> so buckle up. We're going to have voicemails and and we got some emails and just all kinds of good stuff. We just like to have fun. But as we always do each episode, we got to do a a shot. Uh, so I've got my lucky. This is my lucky one because this is the one I got when I first met Pearl. We went to Vegas uh, back in 18. And uh, this is my lucky chip, Las Vegas. 
shot glass. Oh, I love this one. It's so tight. I got my Jim Beam and honey in it. But anyways, Dave, what do we got tonight, brother? I'm doing one shot of Bacardi coconut rum, and then I'm just going to water. Then going to water. He's doing his rum. Yep. He likes that stuff. I like it. Uh, uh, Bill, what are you drinking on tonight? I've got some grape Rockstar. Uh, diluted a little with some water, a little bit of workout powder, and a whole lot of punch. <laughs> and it will punch. <laughs> Pearl, what you drinking tonight, love? I got blue raspberry flavored water. Blue raspberry flavored water. Ugh. There you go. Can you feel it? Yeah, brother. <laughs> I, I prefer a blue Hawaiian, but that's okay. Yeah, you know, that's all right. Richard, is, is that your segue to Elvis? <laughs> right? Yeah. Anytime there she can go. segue to that, you know she's going to. Richard, what you drinking on tonight, brother? What I got is, well, two things, because, you know, I had the heart attack and everything. So I'm, even to know the doctors gave no limitations or anything within reason, uh, I have just a angry orchard crisp apple drink okay and then but mostly sipping off the water for the most part nice nice still you know, cautious a little bit yeah you should be absolutely I, I like yeah. how you said that they gave you no limitations within limit because you know if you have somebody that that's usually drinking four or five cases of beer a day and then you know god forbid that happened you know naturally you're going to say hey you might drink one or two but you can't go back to four or five bro yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, yep. in moderation in moderation yep all right so here moderation we go. Let's count her down. We'll count her down. Three, two, one, chug. Oh, that was for you, Brian Scott. So sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the stuff. Oh, Brian does it every time for us. I mean, every episode, he is taking a shot with us every time. I love it. <laughs> he, uh, he took one too many on the other. Yeah, the other episode of Double Double. <laughs> Poor Brian. Brian, I'm busting your balls. You know I love you, dude. You know I love you. <laughs> he takes... He texted me, guys, and he was so, like, down on himself. Like, God, I, I just really, I feel, I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? You done great, man. Right, has he heard me on half the episodes recently? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we're just having fun. I was going to say, did you see the pictures in the room that Anthony Ragucci had? He went to the Jim Beam factory? Yes. yes. Looked <laughs> sweet with his LOTC shirt on, by the way. Wow. Looking tight. I loved it. Yes. It was funny, though, because he was there before 3 o'clock and they were closed of all times. Like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> Who closes at 3 o'clock in that? Yeah, room? well, he, he wasn't going to stand for that, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, so with that said, it's time, man. We're going to get into this episode. So I think what we're going to do is open up with a little general discussion. Uh, go to you first, Richard, as the guest. Like, why Why the theme? What's What, what was in your mind and why bring it to us? And uh, let's break it down a little bit. Well, probably because slasher movies kind of represent, or at least, you know, from the time, you know, most of us grew up, it was kind of our, our equivalent of monster movies. Now, don't get me wrong, I love monster movies, but it was kind of the thing we all grew up with. You know, if you were hanging out, uh, you know, having a slumber party with friends, it's kind of the thing you dared people say, hey, let's watch Friday the 13th Part 2. Let's watch this. You know, I still have great memories of, I knew the ending of Friday the 13th Part 2. So I kind of stayed behind my friends and my cousins. And the moment Jason came through the window, I scared the shit about all, out of all of them, <laughs> you know, by jumping on their back. You know, so it's just, again, it's kind of our monster, our, our, our um, version of a monster movie to an extent. Yeah. And I think they have a much larger cultural impact than a lot of film historians and uh, cinephiles will give sometimes. You know, it's kind of always given as like the joke, the butt of the joke kind of a thing. Mm. Like our genre is treated in many cases by cinephiles. And I just thought it would be fun to go ahead and see what slasher movies 
outside the usual. You know, it's like, yeah, Friday 13th Part 2, but, you know, there's also some other ones, little ones that people maybe not have heard of mm -hmm. or don't understand how good they are because they're concentrating so much on the mainstream ones. You and I love Michael Myers, but, hey, it's also cool to talk about Cropsey and all these other killers. Yeah, I like that idea because um, I think we always typically – as a whole, as a group, we always tend to go to that Mount Rushmore. We always tend to go to the Michael Myers and the, you know, the Jason Voorhees and those, those slasher icons naturally. But sometimes Freddy it is Kruger. good. Freddy yeah. Krueger, even though I still, I'm, I'm, here's my thing with Freddy Krueger. I love Freddy Krueger and he is technically a slasher, but I still feel he's a little different of the slashers. He is. He's a little bit different than Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees. He yes. really is. Yeah. So yeah, my, I, I was going to say, I hesitate to call Halloween. Some of them slash or not, sorry, uh, nightmare and Elm street slashers. Yeah. I, I just kind of, I, I think they they're awesome, but I almost think of them as supernatural. Yeah, they're they're dream state. They're all these they're different. They're real animals. close to that. Yeah, yeah they re really are. They're real close to that. I mean, for me, and I know Dave Z. We're going to hear from Dave Z in a little while. He called in, and I love Dave Z. And he is a slasher to heart as well. Nice. And um, the thing with slashers for me, guys, and then you know we can pass this around. But for me personally, I, I keep it kind of loose, but at the same time, I do have my standards when I call a slasher. And I just don't put everything. If you go on and look up lists for slasher movies, good lord, man, they throw everything in the slasher room, and it's yeah, like they kind of nah. do, and it doesn't work for no. a lot of. The no, Hills like, Have Eyes is one of the prime examples. If you look at no, most of your slasher, the Hills Have Eyes for me is more of a um, cannibal. Yeah, well, it's cannibal, but it's also like survival horror, uh, yep. survival horror, uh, and the siege narrative. Yeah. So it gets thrown in, you get lumps in, and it's Jay of the Dead with Terminator is a slasher. Like a lot of oh, these oh. movies get thrown in, and I, I'm not busting <laughs> Jay's balls, but I am busting his balls. But it's yeah, like you can't them, throw, yeah, you can't throw every movie into the slasher world because they don't belong. It, it just right. doesn't work. It, it, it's got to have the root element, and that root element is. First of all, that you got to slash, not shoot. Uh, but I mean, it's 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 the whole element of slash, and I like the masked killer. There again, Hills of Eyes. You mentioned it. It's a cannibalistic movie, so I don't it, throw that in there. It feels more like a siege narrative. Mm -hmm. It does. It's more like a survival horror mm -hmm. with a siege narrative. I think the Hills Have Eyes. I don't think it fits in the slasher genre. Right. Well, I was doing the same as you. I had made a bunch of lists, and then I looked over ones just to see if I had overlooked something. You know, somebody put in the faculty. Yeah. Is the faculty <laughs> a slasher? No, yeah. no. That's a, that's a sci-fi no, alien. A, no, it's not. Like, you know, but again, lumped in, a couple of people get killed with a knife, so, mm -hmm. oh, it must be a slasher, but it's yeah. not. You know, it's like, not. I mean, no, there's elements that's got to be there. First of all, you got to slash and slice, and second of all, it's usually a masked killer. I mean, that was, for me, it was that, and here's the thing, the thing that I loved about the 80s was it had, and the reason I always feel the 80s is the best slasher moments is because it was fresh. It was coming off the realm of, of the Jallos of the 60s and 70s. So the blueprint was kind of there with the Jallos. They just kind of upped it 
You know what I mean? They kind of went a little bit different, but the blueprint was there with the Jalos of the Italian and Spanish cinema. And then we got the 80s or 78, and even with Black Christmas 74, okay, I give it that, or even 1960, Peep and Tom, I give you that. So the elements were there, but it wasn't until fully 1980 that we got what we got. So here's the thing for me personally. The reason it made it such a magical moment was because it was fresh. It was something that had not really fully been... Uh, put on cinema now not to fault movies in the 2000s and and sometimes there's going to be listeners that are going to be like dude my jam is the 2000s i don't dig the 80s i get it my thing is though the 2000s by then has already been played out like a broken record 50 million times there's not much you're going to do that's going to shock us because we've seen it all in the 80s so that's where my fault comes with some of the 2000s. I get, I you know, I yawn a little bit. I watch a 2000 slasher movie, and I think, yeah, it's not bad, but it's been done 32 times in 1981. You know, so you've done a good effort, and it's a good movie or whatever, but it's already been done. So that's why the 80s were so magical for me was because it was fresh. It was new. You know, the yeah. 40s, you 30s and 40s, you had Universal, okay? And then you move into the atomic age of the 50s, and then you get into the space age of the 60s, and then you hit the 70s, uh, kind of the demon films or the uh, devil worshiping and the demonic films and motorcycle gang movies. And then you hit the 80s of that slashers, and you're like, yes! Well, after mm-hmm. 1989, then it's like, Love, I think you'll agree with me. 1990s, I mean, Pearl said, and there are some good ones, but I was like, dude, the 90s suck, dude. Like, we've uh, already seen it. I was so yeah. done with the slashers because they had Gr- been Greg, you're so killing saturated. me for next year because I know we're going to be doing each year for the 90s. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so saturated, Richard, and I think you might agree with me. Like, we had already went through nine years of of – Every slasher that could be thrown at you, every moment that could be thrown at you. There are some good ones. There are, there some, are some good ones, ones in the nineties. There are, but as a whole, I was like, dude, the nineties could have dropped off. No, the nineties. Yeah, had... the eighties ruled. Yes, it was much better than the nineties, no yeah. doubt. Yeah, because well, remember, in the nineties, the problem was anyone trying to do a slasher film, you were going to be at the feet of the MPAA. True. And, you know. Yeah. You a slasher film in the 80s was still gory mm. that, was, that was part of what we were going for yeah where the special effects you know we wanted to see what a head came up you know what a, we wanted to see the after effect of that exactly you know, by the time you get the 90s and you're doing the friday the 16th sequels and the halloween sequels it's just simply uh you know the knife speeding at the camera and then someone falls down dead mm. you don't get to see the actual uh carnage if you will exactly what was you gonna say pearl Yep. Now I was going to say, uh, the 90s had Candyman and Dr. Giggles. And there's another one. I love Candyman, but to me, Candyman's not a slasher movie. Why? I know, I know it, it's a different element. It's a supernatural. No, it's, it's close to a slasher. It, it's, it's on the it's cusp, close. but to me, Candyman's yeah. not slasher. And I know he gets Giggles, thrown in there, but he's I not. I think might be a slasher. He would be the closest, but. Yeah, and Ice Cream Man. Yeah, yeah, Ice Cream Man. <laughs> but. I, I, will, I will say, in the, I mean, the 80s was the, you know, uh, the poster child for slashers and, and set the gold standard, etc. But I will say, there was a whole whack of copying the formula of Friday the 13th. Oh, a bunch of kids get horny. They go to the oh, woods. Yeah. They go kid. And, and after a while, you're just like, at least the 90s ones tried to move them outside of the woods and into suburban america or they moved them to somewhere else they moved them more sci-fi they moved them more into you know realms of 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 
Well, they did do the serial killer stuff. I know too, what you went... did last summer. Yeah, it's just uh... yeah. But I mean, I mean, in the nineties, you also got things, you know, like uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Mm-hmm. You know, you you've got things like Uncle Sam, uh, a Jack. Oh, yeah. You know, you, well, you, yeah. You here's know. the thing: like, like, Are you scream with fucking Jacko. Jacko. <laughs> What we got with Kevin Williamson with with Scream gave us the whole meta thing, and it became that whole cool thing to be a slasher all of a sudden. So, you know, Scream kind of, I don't want to say ruined it, but Scream gave it a whole other entity, and then it became the whole teeny bopper, and, and well, it had yeah, to be got, the whole you got your group urban of legends. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you did last time. So we thank yeah, Scream exactly. for that. So Scream did bring that. Gen- and I don't dislike them. I, lo- I like the original Scream. After that, they're all kind of... Oh, eh. me too. I love the original yeah. screen. Well, I, mm-hmm. I've got to hear four or five, and I want your guys' opinion. I'll throw them out there, slasher, yay or nay. Because there are ones some people consider some not. Strangeland. I love Strangeland. Not slasher, but a good, really good movie. But he does slash. He does slash, but it's not in the realm of a slasher. A slasher to me is 99.9... It needs to be a masked killer that is on a vengeance. And and he was just a twisted serial killer, pain-filling guy. To me, he was more of a vengeance, uh, even almost if you get into prophetic and almost into a religious cult type. I don't feel him as a slasher. But I feel, he was a stalker. He was a stalker, but I don't feel him as a slasher. Still a really good movie. Don't get me wrong. Strangeland is a tremendous you know, horror movie. Like that movie is freaky. It gets into the whole abduction and that type elements. But to me, it doesn't never hit the slasher element. Okay. What about uh, ravenous? No, uh, no, oh, no, it's close. It's close. It's but close. No. Yeah. What about leprechaun? Oh, definitely. No, <laughs> no. hell no. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck are you bringing up leprechaun for? What the sh- Bill, you're you, all right. I'm, I'm muting Bill the rest I'm, of the show. I'm trying to spur discussion. You all know right. what? I, you know what, though? I think Leprechaun might be close. Dave, come it. on. It close to a slasher. All right, I'm, I'm muting both of that you the rest of the show. fucking joke, but it might be close. Okay, Greg. Uh, yes. Night of the Scarecrow. Dark Night of the Scarecrow or Night of the Scarecrow? Night of the Scarecrow. Night, Night of the Scarecrow. Um, yeah, it's. No. But it, for what it is, it's a decent flick. But for what it is, it's not a slasher movie, no. Castle Freak. Ooh, oh, I, I love, love that, that movie. movie. <laughs> I love that movie, but I, I, I don't put that it movie, as a slasher. No, I don't no, think it's no. a slasher. It's such a fun movie, though. <laughs> it really is. It's an amazing film. It yeah. really is. A, a cat in the brain. No, that's that's that, to me that's, that's just jalo. Yeah, that's, that's just culture, yeah. yeah that's but just, but yeah. I mean, these are all the ones that I took off lists that they just. I know, I know exactly where you go. I mean, Bill, and I'm sitting here like, yeah. who wrote this list? <laughs> well, and the thing is, they took them from different places, and so I thought, you know, it'd be a good discussion point because what somebody considers a slasher, somebody else might not. Well, let me tell you, right. the the sites like Ranker and the sites like Film Chart and all them guys. <laughs> You might as well be Variety. <laughs> I mean, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm sorry, but whatever. <laughs> Go ahead, Bill. Oh, no, no. Um, I mean, the other one is um, uh, the Olaf Bittenbach films. Olaf Bittenbach, like Primotos Fallen Angel, The Burning Moon. Are those slashers? Oh, or are they God, just... The Burning Moon. 
I don't feel it. I don't feel it at all. I mean, no, some of those are actually are, decent but flicks. The Burning Moon is a really cool film. Yeah, really some of them is. are decent, but I just no, they're they're to me they're not slashers. No. Okay, popcorn. Yes. Now, now there. <laughs> now there, because you have a masked killer. Even though there is some supernatural going on and whatnot, but there is the element of a masked killer. It does have the great suspense of a movie inside a movie, which I absolutely love. Uh, that that the Midnight Movie. I don't know if y'all saw that movie back in the day. Uh, yep. I really enjoyed Midnight Movie, and it kind of reminds me of Matinee as well. Uh, but I, I really do like popcorn. <laughs> I got to say, D. Wallace, I love you, gal. I like popcorn as well. I and think Dave, popcorn. Dave, do you consider Texas Chainsaw Massacre for a slasher? <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4? No, I consider that one of the biggest pieces of shit I've ever seen in my life. Bill, why you got to get him start? Richard, see what Bill does. He's an instigator. He's well, an so technically, there's killing. There's people slashing. There's, yeah, there's people slashing. There's, there's No, that movie sucks ass. Pearl, there's more robotic leg. There's more robotic leg than killing in that movie. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4. Fuck that movie. In one ear and out the other. <laughs> okay, okay. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4, Uba, any U-Bowl movie, or Halloween Ends, Dave, which is the you worst. You know what? I would go with a U-Bowl movie <laughs> over Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4. <laughs> we said this in the group recently, Pearl. You know we did, and, and I had to do it in secretly almost, but it's in there. But I... I I don't dislike you, Bowl. I think he's got some good movies, personally. <laughs> and I sit there like, well, but I'm busting, I'm busting Dave's balls because I know you're watching our listener and looking at it like, yeah, right, Greg. But, but like, yeah, I don't dislike you, Bowl. I'm like, oh, okay, but I know that it hurts your feelings. So I'm like, yeah. No, you know what? <laughs> if, if I had to pick you and Bowl over Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4, I would I would probably go with you and Bowl. <laughs> Okay, but the biggest though, Halloween ends or Texas Chainsaw Massacre for? Nah, fuck both those movies. <laughs> <laughs> I think at that point, Dave's like, Dave's, Dave, Dave eyes, would rather uh, be blind. Yeah, I'd rather watch nothing. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about this? Would you consider Saw a slasher? No, I, no, I, I feel, no. and and I know they put him, they put Jigsaw in that world. You know, when they start talking about slasher icons, they're like, oh, Jigsaw. But to me, it's torture porn. It's it's a totally different, you know, type world. He's wearing a mask. He's wearing, yeah, but it, to me, it's not slasher because he's not doing it physically. You got to do it to yourself. Right. Yeah. You know, it's more of a, a uh, competition or more of a, uh, not a competition. I don't even know what the word I'm trying to think of. You know, a more of an intellectual you you do it to yourself type scenario. It, it definitely is something different. It's, it's not. Di- oh, I love quite it. The slasher. Yeah. yeah, it's not quite the slasher. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love the freaking Saw series, man. Yeah, I oh, think it's I do great. too. The first the first couple of films, yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, it's more self mutilation. Yeah, self mutilation, which is kind of where I go with right. Strange Land. I kind of put Strange Land in that whole. Oh, but he kills though. He does kill, but still, he's not to me a slasher. I mean, it's it's more of a a psychological. It's more serial killer than slasher, which are different. You know, it's it's almost like I saw some people who put um like movies like The Strangers. Yeah, Strangers not a slasher. Or 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 The Purge as slasher films, mm-hmm. and they're not. No. They for me are more like like siege narratives. Yeah. You know, Home and invasion. survival horror. Yeah, yeah. Home they're, Invasion. They're not, are close. Quite, they're not mm-hmm. quite slasher mm-hmm. films. 
Here, here's but here's... yet you get sent. Then you get something like you're next. <laughs> you're next. There you I go, think, Dave. Is closer to a slasher film. Absolutely. Because you have a final girl. Mm-hmm. You have a mystery killer. Yep. So your next feels more like a slasher film to me. You could put it in the siege narrative. Mm-hmm. You could put it in survival horror, but it feels more like a slasher film to me than The Purge, The Strangers, um, Ready or Not, those films. They don't feel like slasher films to me. I agree yep. because here's the element of it too: is is the it, it's just like a giallo because you the black glove mystery. You don't know who's wearing the black glove. You don't who in your next. You really don't truly know where it's coming quite yet. Yes, exactly. And uh, you don't know so it's where that it's twist. Going. Yeah, yes. you agree now, with here, that, Richard? Here's, here's one I struggled with: Wolf Creek. Wolf Creek to me goes into slasher world, but it's does also it? it does, but it also goes into a a more of a siege type thing as well. I, yeah, I, I, I think, love it. I love it, and I, I love, want to put it. In I there. love Wolf Creek as well, and I think because of Mick Taylor, mm-hmm. I think you have to look at him as oh god, he's so damn close to. The Michael Myers and the the Jason Voorhees. Mick Taylor is so damn close to one of those characters. He has yeah. no conscience. Yeah. How yeah. about you, Richard? I Where do you come because in? Because of that? him, mm-hmm. it brings it closer to a slasher than than you know the other movies we're talking. I about. agree. How about you, Richard, on wrong, uh, Wolf Creek? What do you think of that one? Yeah, I agree. He he is on on the border of being a slasher. The mm-hmm. only thing he's missing is the killer and. And I think Greg said it perfectly in terms of his definition of what a slasher is. It's mm. got to have the mask. It you is know, that ultimately mask. that's where the terror comes from, because even with Mick Taylor, you kind of can gauge his face. And even to know you're not going to be able to talk him out of, you know, skinning you, you can try because there's a human element there. You can look yeah. into a face. And when it comes to a mask, there's something about just a, a uh, you know, with Michael Myers, a pale, emotionless face the hockey mask, whatever it turns out to be, something that's not changing mm. shape in front of you. you well, know, the, the, not the, smiling, not, not, not grinning, <laughs> nothing. There's just something about it. It's motionless. Like Strangers works as a slasher movie to me. Yeah. Well, the other, the other element to Wolf Creek, and I hate to spoil, but you know what? It's 20 years old. Uh, n- there is no final girl. Nobody survives. Sure. The, the bad guy wins. Yeah, because it almost goes into the world of... of, of uh found footage because some of it is documented some of it is you know so it does kind of hit into that yeah. world as well so i mean and there's a me, lot let of let me tell you something it. something about wolf, wolf creek the head on the stick oh <laughs> oh my god does that not shake you oh my god such a good movie what man. about wolf um, not wolf creek um wrong turn would you consider See, that no wrong turn is cannibals <sighs> to me it's it's a whole yeah i think wrong turn feels yeah it doesn't quite make it Mm-mm. it doesn't quite hit that it like a lot, some of the other movies i was talking about it doesn't quite hit slasher Mm-mm. but it's a damn good movie. damn good movie man it's, god yeah. one of my favorite i, I, I would think wrong turn falls more into the hills have eyes end yeah. Well, see, I thought yeah, so, but it was, I'm with you, Bill. but it was under the right. slasher. I think it fits more in that in that category. Yes. Well, here's one. What about a uh, Phantom of the Opera, the remake with Robert England? Would you consider that a slasher? Ooh. I, he he's, technically he's, has a mask. He's masked killer. He is. Yeah. 
but <sighs> the killings are pretty intense. You know, it's not, they're not classy kind of off screen kills or anything. It's pretty vicious. It is a vicious movie. It's a really good movie, but pretty underrated yeah. too. I think oh, Robert's pretty God. great. What do you think Pearl? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I watched it and I don't, Consider I never viewed it myself as a slasher. I haven't neither, but when you really think about it, I mean, he is masked. He is a killer. Stalking a girl. Stalking a girl. <laughs> the, the singing victim. Uh, I don't know, man. That's, that's, that's actually a good question. That's a Dave Z question. What about uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil? I love that movie. I love <laughs> the film. It's a great movie. But I do, too. To I do love it. that movie. But, I mean, it's got your stupid teenagers. It's got lots of kills. It's got lots of blood. There's a final girl. There's oh gory deaths. God, They're in the dude. freaking forest. Come on, bro. Come on, man. What the? So, I mean, again, it's, it's a judgment call. Yeah. yeah. You know, no, the, the judgment yeah. is, is they don't know what they're talking about. But, yeah. So most, so most, I think most of, of those lists are written by, like, millennials who consider just all horror films, you know, just yeah. unless it's elevated horror for them, you know. They're just but then I look, to a, I, I look to a film like Cold Prey. I think Cold Prey is okay. definitely a slasher. I consider I think so. it too. Cold I think so Prey too. and Cold Prey Two. Yeah, yeah. I think both of them are definitely slashers. I mean, it's border. It's border for sure. Uh, I think I'm a little looser. Like Dave Z has got a strict, and I'm busting your balls, Dave Z. I love you, brother. Dave Z has a really by number. You know, everything has to hit a certain criteria. I can't wait to hear his voicemail. Yeah, so I, I can't either. But I know he did this for uh, uh, Jay the Dead's new horror movies, too, uh, during one of the episodes, and he broke down with Jay exactly what he considers to be a slasher. It has to hit point A, point B, point C, point D, and it has to hit them all, right? If it doesn't hit them, then it doesn't make it. Uh, I'm a little looser in the sense that... Uh, there are elements in the eighties that did hit supernatural. Even Michael Myers hit supernatural in times. Well, yeah. And, and so did Jason Voorhees. Mm, absolutely. When you, so. when you got to, what was it? Friday the 13th. Part, part two. <laughs> part two. He was supernatural. He was, he well, was part two. Yeah. But part six, <laughs> he was brought to life by a goddamn like electric like, bolt, uh, <laughs> lightning bolt, lightning bolt in yeah. his chest. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'm a little looser with it. I will. I'm, I'm going to be straight up honest, but it, it to me, you do still have to hit some elements. You got to hit at least five out of eight. Ultimately, I think it's a gut check. It is a gut check, and I'm like not. You. Listen, I I mean, I could totally. What I think is got jack shit to do with what you think. Like you can love it and say it's a slasher, and I'm not going to change your mind. Like Jay, I mean, Jay thinks Terminator slasher great for him. I mean, he's absolutely wrong. But that's my opinion. <laughs> you know, it's straight my opinion. And, you know, for me, it's not, and it never will be. So, you know, you can scream it till you're blue in the face. It's not going to change my mind because it's just not. Okay. Here's one more I'm going to throw out there, then I'll shut up. Uh, gutter balls. <laughs> Man, don't do that while I'm trying to drink a glass of water. Gutter balls. I'll spit this shit Again, out. It's bloody as hell. There's a it's lot of kills going on in the uh, bowling alley, you know. But it's just friggin' wild. Yeah, nah. yeah. Well, I mean, another thing to consider, uh, you know, obviously Greg brought it up, the whole thing about the mask being one of the, the tropes, one of the motifs. Mm -hmm. You know, what else makes up a slasher movie? Usually an isolated situation, mm -hmm. um, usually away from, from civilization, if you will. Um, and it comes down to you have a series of a small series of characters. You know, you don't usually have 12 or 13 people in, in a slasher movie. 
you know, it's a small knit group of people, things of that nature. And I think some of the movies they throw into that list would never even qual, uh, you know, would qualify or quantify as that, mm-hmm. you know. So the, there's there's other motifs that go into the slasher movie aside from the unstoppable or appearing to be unstoppable killer who's just you know uh, going through a group sure. of teenagers and slaughtering them. I mean, what that's else true. Do you guys think, uh, in you, your opinion, no, you got to have you got to have the final girl. I think the final girl or final yeah. guy is a key element of what made a slasher. And, and you can be without a mask and still be a slasher, but I feel that mask was important, but you got to have that victim. You got to have that one heroine that is fighting for their life and, and surviving. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes. So that, I mean, just doesn't waver. Like if it doesn't have that, it doesn't make it. Well, then seeing, well, then seeing that I would still consider Nightmare on Elm Street. A slasher because he had the knives, never mm. let it go. You know, he was stalking his victims, True. whether in their sleep or not. And there was a final girl. And see, you're right. I mean, I can't argue <laughs> with your point. And he was wearing a mask, basically. He's a burned it's, victim. It's, yeah, so. I, I, I can't argue with you. Yeah, you're I, right. I, I, yeah. I think you can definitely put Nightmare on Elm Street in that category. Well, yes. well, I see, I'll disagree. I think you can have a slasher without a final girl. I mean, Sleepaway Camp. Who's the final girl? You got hanging dong. But you don't <laughs> well, yeah, maybe she's not a girl. Well, and, 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 but the gender irrelevant. There is no final. Wolf Creek, there is no final girl. Yeah, but you I know? said it can be a yeah, guy, too. True. It don't have yeah. to be a girl or a guy. It could be one or either. Yeah. yeah. Or, or you could have, a, a, in theory, a film about like Ted Bundy where he kills a... Uh, a college dorm full of girls and nobody survives it. I'd still call that a slasher. No, see that goes into serial killer. Serial killer th- that what that to me gets lumped in. And serial killer movies like take portrait of Henry the portrait of a serial killer. Those yeah. movies are not slashers. Those are straight up. Those are serial killer movies. Those are yeah. its own entity. I don't put those in a slasher movie. Yeah, and and Henry is is such an a, 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 an intense film. Visceral. It's visceral. It's brutal. Oh my god! What you see in that movie yeah. is intense. But that goes into the whole different world. Like a lot of people have said, seven. Like put seven into a, but it's not. No, that's, it's, no, it's no seven yeah. is not. No. You can even argue that's just a crime film. Exactly. So there's the elements. Here's one I'll throw at you guys. Now answer this one, and I'll, I'll move on. But how about Maniac Cop? Now is it slasher? <laughs> is it not slasher? Come on, Richard. You know what? I, I I almost want to call it a slasher film, but I don't know if it is. It's it's right on that cusp. It is. It's on the cusp. That is. Oh God, who's the director of that? (laughs) William Lustig. William Lustig, yes. And William Lustig did Maniac from Mm -hmm. 1980, which I do kind of consider a slasher film. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I would definitely. I I think Maniac is a slasher film. Maniac Cop. Oh God. I don't know. Maniac Cop's like a. It's a slasher movie, but it's kind of a. It's kind of like the hidden is a combination of action. Yeah, and that movie. and that dude That's is so freaking ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, Dave, tell me how you feel about him. <laughs> just I love me some Cordell. Cordell yeah. is great. <laughs> he's, he's awesome. Yeah, he's His great. mother doesn't think so. 
<laughs> here's here's my ugly my ugly talk for the episode. It, it's the face that only the mother could love. Okay, I'm gonna throw this one out there. Hmm. Pieces. See is there. Pieces are oh yeah, I think yeah. pieces yeah, is a slasher, slasher no yeah. doubt. The second half. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. hits that jalo and hits the uh the slasher world just like yeah, uh, torso. Pieces is absolutely a slasher, no yeah. doubt. I put Torso in as an actual slasher slash Jalo. Um, movies like that, or even when you get into what is what's another one I was thinking of recently that. Uh, anyways, I, those were two that I was like, thinking like, of. Uh, the other one like that is Tenebrae. Eh, yeah, I love Tenebrae. I love Tenebrae, but it's, it's Me too. more Jalo. Yeah. Uh, now, now the the other thing we we haven't touched upon: Does a movie have to be rated R to be a slasher? No. No, I don't think so. Mm-mm. Can you can you get graphic enough and have the horror elements? And I'm not saying there can't be a horror movie that isn't PG-13, but can you get a true slasher that's PG-13? Sure. I, I think you can. I yeah. do think you can, yes. Yeah, you can. So, I mean, if you look at a lot of the 80s slashers, a lot of those were, in our standards, PG-13, uh, especially after MPAA got a hold of them. So you look at even some of the Friday 13ths, I mean, you're like, holy cow, you know, what would it have been like if all the kills would have been it? We'd have had a rated R movie. Instead, we got a PG-13 version of a Friday 13th movie. So, no, no. Totally. Like 1985 or so, I think that was right around the time that the ratings board started yeah. putting their thumb down. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Everything after that started kind of yeah. taming right. down. Right around April Fool's Day and all mm-hmm. those other films. Happy yes. birthday to me. All these came Happy out. Happy birthday yeah. to me. Well, that was earlier 80s, wasn't it? Was, it? it was like 80... What was happening? That was 81, wasn't it? 80... I think it was 81 yes. or 82. Yeah, yeah I think that one came in under the wire. Mm-hmm. See, and Dave brought up April Fool's Day. I don't know about when you were doing research, you know, and I was kind of just going over everything again for a list. I was surprised that wasn't on a lot of lists, you know, and I guess it's because obviously at the end, you know, it's a cop out. Die, <laughs> you know, but it, it operates as a slasher movie, you know, uh, isolated uh, location. Uh, core group of characters and then the red herrings which was going to be a, a question i was going to ask you too do you guys do you like the slasher movies that have the red herring where you don't know who the killer is oh, yeah. uh, sort of agatha christie yeah. oh yeah, like yeah. the mm-hmm. hardcore sort of that, that goes back to for me that goes back to the jallos yes of the 70s and the roots of the the slasher film yep Right. Where and you don't it. know who the killer is. Yes, yeah, I yes. love that. I love that about those films. Yes, yes, so yes. Do I. So do I. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. And, and obviously, the Scream movies, you know, were mm-hmm. built upon that concept, obviously. Yes. Uh, well, the, the, the other film I thought of when I was, you know, contemplating PG 13 radar, one I really, really like that I think flies under the radar is Cherry Falls. Good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I, I quite like that film, but I don't, you don't see any nudity. And I don't know that there's a lot of blood in that film. Well, it depends on what version you saw, too, because when it aired on USA Network, it was a heavily edited one. Mm-hmm. And then it came out on DVD. I keep thinking it was a little gory around. Was here. it a little gory? Like, I know yeah. there's the one scene where Jay Maher falls down and he goes through the fence and, you know, whatever. But, like, I don't remember a lot of, you know, in the hallway of the school, somebody getting their their throat slashed or anything. Mm-hmm. But so, I think yeah, when you have to revisit it, yeah. yeah, exactly. I just think you know, in a, in a nutshell, here is my thing, and and we can open it here, and we'll get to some voicemails, and we still got two reviews that we're going to do, uh, where we're going to break down an '80s horror film slasher and a '2000s horror film slasher. Uh, but for me, here's my hot take, and then I'll pass it around the horn, 
and we can go from wherever you want to from there. But for me, when you look at that, the verses, when we're doing a versus episode, and that means you're, you're pitting, you know, someone against somebody, you got a battle, right? So for me, if you're pitting the eighties versus any, it don't matter if it's nineties, 2020, whatever it, the eighties is going to win every freaking time. And I think here's my element of, of reasoning behind it. First of all was, is that it was new. It was fresh. It's something we had not really fully seen other than Jalos, but it's nothing we fully seen in a mass, uh, produced uh, uh thing second of all was in the golden age of vhs renting at blockbusters and mom and pop stores the box cover arts the different things that we got that made it special and then the third element is is just because you got everything you want you got blood you got boobs you got you know all these great things and it was just visceral right in your face and then you got to the time you got to 90s and 2020s and all these different years there again i'm not saying that there's not great ones out there i'm just saying that it's like almost the whole aura of we need to invent something new because it's already been there uh the the boat has already left the sail you know the ship's already left the the dock so to speak you know the 80s slashers is gone now we can't revisit it because it's already gone it's already had its its anchor put out, you know what I mean? So it's almost like as much as I don't like found footage films, at least it was something different. You know, as, as much as I don't like whatever film, you know, they, they did something different. So it's like, I get you 2000s, I get you 2020s that you're trying and you're still doing it. And we're still, I'm still looking for that great iconic character, right? Art the Clown. I'm still looking <laughs> for that and he's not there yet because he's not, established enough yet two more movies buddy oh, he's and there. damn close mm-hmm. and yeah but he needs he's a little bit more under his close. belt but give he needs me one more song. he needs at least one more one, more, one to two more one movies more. and 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 even that's pushing and he may he might have done it with the first two he may put himself up on mount rushmore for me but with that said i'm still waiting for those great killers but i don't know if we'll ever get it and i say that as we see art clown so with that said that's my whole take if it was a versus 80s all day long 90s can suck ass 2000s you hit a little few up in there but but 80s is where it's at for me so go around the horn let's go to let's go to pearl pearl what is your hot take on the 80s versus 2000s just your broad scheme of it <laughs> well for me yes 80s definitely had a lot of great great movies you also had a lot of cheesy comedy mm-hmm. mixed with it and for me, if I want to see a slasher and I want to see, like, kills and everything, I kind of want that comedy out. I mean, we were in a spot where, like, it was easy to introduce all this cheesy high school fun because it was in the era where people were working out at the gyms and <laughs> going health fit stores and yeah. all that stuff. And um, I don't think there was as much blood as there is now. But I have more of appreciation for the special effects done then in comparison to now because of a lot of CGI now. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that has me on the 2000s just a little bit more is the fact that the roles have changed. Now you don't know and you can expect even a woman to be the stalker, the killer, the you know. And I like that. Yeah. So that okay. has my favoritism on that side so you're leaning more toward the the modern horror i am because i 
I do feel that they're getting more creative with the kills. There's more blood and gore. They're they're trying their best to not to do repeats. Because, as, like I said, as great as the 80s are, you do see a lot of repeats. You got mm-hmm. the same camp stories. You got the same kill someone at the mall, kill someone at the gym, kill someone, you know. <laughs> and like I said, as great as they are, you still got the same story. Okay. So... All right, fair enough. I think there's a lot of listeners that will agree with you. I think there are, and I'm not saying just the younger. I know there's generations that just don't get the 80s, and I get that. Especially, and I'm going to put it, you were there, so I can't say this and put you in the lump sum. But I think those that didn't live the 80s may not get it as much as they get the era that they're in. So they feel now... Uh, it's like going back. I mentioned on Double Double last episode. I went back to watch Dukes of Hazard again, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" But back when I watched it live, you know, I was like, "This is the greatest thing since peanut butter and jelly." Now, <laughs> eh, not so much. So, you know, wow. I get it. I get it. So, all right. So you're leaning more to the 2000s. Let's go to Richard. Richard, what's your hot take on this? This versus. I'm gonna have to stay with the 80s. I, I do because obviously it's what I grew up with. Uh, but I also think if you really went film school on it, you know, if you wanted to take the pretentious route and you really looked at a lot of these, yes, they were being made to generate income, obviously. But I do think a lot of them, if it, either it's because of the time it was made and things that were going on in society at the time, I think culturally they're a little more important and better, I think, better executed than the ones made today because I don't think they really have anything to say about the current state of the world or just how people are or anything like that. And I think you can pull out little things, even in the worst, you know, slasher movie. I think a lot of the humor, you know, that Pearl talked about that comes out, I think it was inadvertent. I don't think they meant to be funny at certain points. It was either just really bad acting or yeah. you know, <laughs> just doing right, you know? So it just came out funny. Yeah. It's like, oh, that was bad, bad delivery, you know? <laughs> um, but I, I do. I think there's a lot more there. And I think there's something about the intensity of the kills. I don't feel the newer ones are able to really explore that as much as they want to. Um, they They get a little too obsessed with the idea of, of trauma in horror movies, which, you know, all films have trauma to a degree, mm-hmm. but I think that circumvents again, the motifs of a, of a slasher movie. And that's why terrifier two did so well. The gore content is so funny to hear people fainting by watching that movie because they had never seen anything <laughs> like that before. I laughed when I saw it. I did too. Me too. You know, I, there was no moment that I'm like, oh my God, I can't look. Yeah, I'll you know, cheer. The serial killer makes me go, ooh, I can't watch this. Yeah. You know, uh, Terrifier just made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of those older 80s movies, the gore kind of had that sensibility to a point. You know, you again, you got excited about, are we going to see the head come off in a certain way? Is a knife going to go through someone in this fashion? What, what's going to happen exactly? Yeah. And I, I don't, outside of Terrifier 2, I can't think of another recent slasher movie that I'm just like, oh, you know, you know, you don't have that moment where you squinch in your chair. It's like, oh, that had to hurt. You know, mm-hmm. that doesn't happen much anymore. Yeah. So 80s all the way. Okay. And see, here's the thing with Terrifier 2, I think what works with Art the Clown, and I think everyone's going to agree in this panel. Terrifier 1 and Terrifier 2, why it works is, is because they made it feel 80s. Hello. Yeah. They went old school. They didn't try to go modern. They went old school. And guess what? It worked. Hello. Oh, yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Is there, is there a, a formula to the madness? Yes. 
Make it like the 80s, baby. <laughs> just say it. Just say it. Just say it. Right, let's go to you, Dave. What's your thought and your, your hot take on the 80s versus Well, well uh, yeah, modern. of course I'm going to go with the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, that was my time period. That's when I grew up. I loved the 80s. But you know what? Of the two movies we're going to review tonight, Ooh. I lean towards the say 2000 it. film. Preach it, Dave. Preach More it. than I do the 80s film. Yes, I do too. I gotta be. And I, I hate really, saying that. Oh, I gotta really hate saying that. Love <laughs> this this 2000s movie we're yes. going to be reviewing tonight. Yes. I really do. Even a little more than the 80s film. But yeah, I'm, I'm an 80s guy all the way. Yeah. Yeah, this is almost not fair the two movies picked because I was like, oh, <laughs> damn it. Yeah, it, it almost <laughs> isn't. Yeah. <laughs> you. Bastard, <laughs> you could have picked a shitty movie. Come on, you gotta pick the damn cream of the crop. No, and I love the 80s movie you picked. I do, oh, yeah. I love the 80s movie you picked, but that 2000s True. movie you picked, god damn it, that's special. <laughs> it's, it the really it's the lightning in a bottle. It's the lightning in a bottle, Dave. It just, it, it was perfect. Like, dude, if there it was really, ever a 10 really movie, was. if there's yes. ever a 10 slasher, that movie ends up being a 10 slasher because, dude, it, yeah, I'm with every you. I love that movie so much. Damn it. God, and I hate saying that about the 80 ones. All right, so let's head over. I got that's the days going 80s. All right, Bill, you're on the cusp. I know you're it's, this is tight, man. You're a teacher of all damn things, yeah. so you're intellectually looking at this. So, what do you got? Well, and the thing is, it, I'm looking at these things, and not only from the intellectual side, but I, I love deep diving into all this kind of stuff. But I, I, in my head, I have a pro and con, like I have a yin and a yang to all of these things. And I would probably, in my gut, go with 80s. But I do like, I, I agree with Pearl, I like the direction that the 2000s go in terms of their graphicness, uh, inventiveness, uh, taking them out of the forest. Because a lot of people wax poetically about the 80s slashers. And for good reason. You got your Friday the 13th and you've got your burnings and you've got your prowlers and you've got your slumber party massacres and you've got those ones that, you know, are right there. A lot of people yeah, don't remember. Yeah, but it might also be like uh, uh, nostalgia. Yes. Everybody, well, not, okay, I won't say everybody because there's a percentage of our audience that don't, but there are a good chunk of our listeners that remember going to Blockbuster or your corner video store run by the guy that you knew would rent you whatever. And just wandering around and looking. There were no, I'm of the age and all everybody here is, I didn't grow up with the internet. You didn't know what the heck you were getting. No. <laughs> so you walked around, oh, good, there's a, uh, you know, a head that's flown off. Okay, I'll, I'll get that one. And the, the movie's nothing, you know, like. Yeah. But that was the beauty of it. A lot of people don't, you know, they forget movies called like Home Sweet Home with Jake Steinfeld, which was just a, you know. A lot of people forget the uh, the, the forest. Like, like there are some Bad 80s slash. There was oh, yeah. a, a litany of. Oh my God. Uh, Half of the <laughs> slashers from the 80s were shit. Were yeah. terrible. They yeah, were they awful. They truly were. I mean, oh, right. was, we grew up with them and we yeah. loved them. You know, like, you know, a girl takes her top off. There's a guy in the wood breathing heavy and he slashes her neck. You know, like, well, like, a girl taking her top off is always a plus. For me. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, none was your, you know, get some horny teenagers, get them drinking, smoking pot, get them in a cabin and kill them off. Hmm. <laughs> and, and for, for some of them, they did that great. 
And for some of them, they didn't. Yeah. But I'm still going to go with the 80s because I think the good ones outweigh the bad ones. Yeah. I think here's the, and this will be kind of the, I think, the mic drop, so to speak, for the mm-hmm. the 80s versus that 2000s for me. The mic drop for me is name, and they're out there, but really truly name me some top-notch final girls, and you're not going to name me any in the modern era. You're not going to get your Lori Strodes. You're not going to get your Jennies. You're not going to get your Annies. or You're not going to get these. You're going to get who? And you're thinking your mind, like just right off the top of your head, Go through your 2000 slashers and name me a final girl right off the top of your head. Mia Goth. Who? Mia Goth. <laughs> Mia Goth. I mean, I'm just saying, like, they're not there. You don't even remember them. You see what I'm saying? Oh, 80s. I remember Mia Goth. Well, yeah, Mia. <laughs> but that's because you just watched it like six months ago. But I'm telling you, like, name me something from the 2000s. Like, you're not going to find them. You're not going to readily remember them like you do those from the 80s like you can name them you can remember them like jamie lee curtis from uh, prom night or jamie lee curtis from terror train like all these different ones you're going to remember them like they're memorable jenny from friday 13th part two well you got sydney prescott well sydney yeah i mean they're yeah you that's your cop out you do get like one or two but it's not like in the 80s where it's one after another you remember them you remember them you remember them because they're memorable characters they were memorable battles like they battled these killers to the end and nowadays it's kind of it's a cop-out almost it's like eh, well it'd be easy to remember them especially when you got one that's in a whole bunch of movies you got prom night terror train well yeah i mean i'm just threw jamie lee out as an example but you take any of the girls from the friday 13th series all of them are great we can't forget about mary lou Right. <laughs> there you go. From prom, I mean, from uh, Hello Mary yeah. Lou, prom night two. Yeah, that movie sucks, but I love it. I do too. It's great. What are you talking about? Oh my god, I love that movie. Like you can't believe. <laughs> yep. So I mean, that, that's just my three, thing. Though? Do you like the third one? That's the question. Oh. Uh, no, I don't love Prime Night 3, but I love Prime Night 2. Yeah, but Slumber Party Massacre, all those, man, they just had such memorable moments. So for me, that's just why I'm there. But, I mean, it's still not knocking. I will say that, you know, when you go through and look at some of the list of 2000s, I mean, there are some good ones in there. I'm not going to say there's not. I mean, they are some good ones. But my heart always goes to the 80s, brother. It's just there. I can't help it. I just, <laughs> it is what it is. But I want to hear, though. I want to hear your thoughts. Like, y'all got to call in, and we do have some voicemails coming in that we're going to play. Uh, but I want to hear you, Facebook group and all that. Let me know where your thoughts. You know what would be interesting is if in the Facebook group, people put pictures of their favorite 80s slasher, and beside it, they put pictures of their favorite 2000 slasher. Ooh, right. yeah. You can kind of debate one or what the other, or you yeah. know, just put people's wide opinions. Yeah. I mean, you could do that. Like, seriously, like, if, for every 80s horror movie slasher I throw out, you could throw me a 2000s and, and pit it against each other. You know what I mean? That, that's fun stuff to do, and I like that. I like the banter going back and forth when we do that. Uh, but that said, I think Patrick Gunner, man, Patrick is crushing this thing, guys. Like, Patrick hits me up almost immediately after the episode drops, and he'll throw out his suggestion for the next episode. He's awesome. So here's what he put down. He said his 2000s, he put Hatchet, and we haven't even talked about Adam Green's Hatchet. Victor Crowley, how great of a character oh, wow. that is. Oh, yeah, Hatchet yep. is amazing. Yeah, that's such a great character. 
but he had first one was Hatchet. Second was uh, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Third was Final Destination. Now, Final Destination is another one of those I lump into not being slasher. It's a little different, but I'm not busting your balls there, but I kind of put that in a different realm as well as Saul. And then My Bloody Valentine 3D that we just reviewed for our Valentine's episode, which is so good. Yes. And then his 1980s, he threw at My Bloody Valentine, Sleepaway Camp, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Three Dream Warriors, because he knows, Patrick, you know that's my favorite. Uh, and then The Burning and The Prowler. And he said, I would have a lot more, but I don't want to keep you guys, as always, have a great show. I know some of their uh, some of these were mentioned in the 81 episode, but uh, you said 80 slashers, so they're the ones that popped in my head. Have a great show. L-O-T-C for life. <laughs> <laughs> Great list. Yeah, absolutely. And Greg, you know which one you haven't mentioned for some shocks? Which is uh, your buddy, The Mutilator. I love The Mutilator, man. Filmed right here, old Bud Cooper. Oh, man. Fall Break, a.k.a. Uh, It's a really good one, man. And and i got to say this, listeners. The Mutilator 2 is coming soon, really soon. It's already been out. Uh, I think it's hit some markets and everything, so that will be coming out really soon. Uh, Super excited about that, Bud Cooper and that. Uh, let's go to Kevin Patterson. Let's see what Kevin's got for us. Hey guys, Kevin calling for Glasgow for the Battle of the Slashers episode. I uh, hope you're all doing well. I'm glad to be back interacting with you on the, the Facebook page. And uh, I especially hope Peril's feeling better. In fact, you've been through the wars the past few months and I hope you're starting to see a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, Get better day by day. Uh, so I thought this was going to be an easy one. And I rattled off all the usual suspects from 80 to 99. And then I started doubting myself. I was looking at it, I was like, it's too easy. It's far too easy. For that many years, it was too easy for me just to rhyme off five. And I found myself diving into the slasher rabbit hole, so to speak. Uh, But if I've got this right, then I've got my top five slashers from 1980 to 1999. And my top five slashers from 2000 to 2023. And I haven't got, if I haven't got that right, well, then tough. <laughs> so here we go. From 1980 to 1999, my number five is Grave Robbers. I think I've talked about this one on an episode before. Uh, it's also known as Ladrones de Tumblis. And it's a Mexican supernatural slasher from 1989. Absolutely love it. Number four is The Mutilator from 1984. Number three is The Burning from 1981. Number two is Friday the 13th from 1980 and numero uno is Intruder from 1989 so uh, putting this list together it made my brain hurt there's so many (laughs) movies that are are really top five worthy and as I said it probably changed week by week so from 2000 till present my list is number five Sweeney Todd the Demon Barber of Fleet Street uh the Tim Burton one, the one from 2007. I don't know how many people would consider that a slasher as a musical, but I had to put it in. It's, it's probably one of my favourite films of all time. Uh, number four, Rob Zombie's Halloween from 2007. Number three is 2015's The Final Girls. Number two, Wolf Creek from 2005. And my number one is 2007's Seed. Only kidding, only kidding. Dave. <laughs> it's 2022. <laughs> uh, 
I, I, a bit late coming to X, a bit late seeing it, and it shot easily into my top ten horrors of all time. Absolutely loved it. I've not seen Peril yet. I don't know how how that'll compare to X, uh, but I absolutely loved X. Loved it. And I'd, I'd say probably one of my top five slashers of all time. That's how good I thought it was. So I'm not really sure if everyone would consider these lists as slashers, but they've all definitely got slasher elements. I've got honourable mentions that go to Shram from 1993, German movie. Freaky from 2020. Absolutely loved it. Out with horror, Big was probably one of my favourite films as a youngster with Tom Hanks. And to see that kind of premise in a horror film, absolutely brilliant. And Jason X from 2001, probably... Apart from the original, probably my favourite of the Friday the 13th movies. Uh, and, of course, in Nightmare on Elm Street 3 from 1987. Probably the best one in the franchise for me. So, can't wait to hear everybody's lists. I hope you all keep well, stay safe, and I'll catch you later. Bye-bye. Nice. Kevin Patterson. He liked that, Bill. He liked C. Nice. That's like one. was C. As soon as he said seed, I'm like, dude, you got to be kidding me. Come on, please tell me you're kidding me. <laughs> but, but I am really glad. One that I didn't say that I had on my list that just didn't come up was Shram. And I'm glad he brought up Shram. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Shram is one of those German splatter films. It actually isn't as splattery as you might think. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad little film. Nice. All right, well, cool. I think now we'll go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and do our first review. I mean, we're an hour in now. I think it's time to do a movie review. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on the audience just wants to hear us ramble is mm-hmm. that what you want yeah, that's exactly but we still have three and a half hours to kill what are you talking about that's true <laughs> this is true review now oh you just wait till we get some of those voicemails oh yeah baby they're coming so i think what we'll do is we'll go to our first movie review and what we're going to do is start with uh 1981 we're going to go to a film that uh both these movies richard you chose for us to review and um excited that you chose them so what we'll do is go to 1981 first we'll let you introduce it do a plot synopsis and then we'll break it down as best as we can so richard you take it away for 1981 what movie did you pick and give us a synopsis i went ahead and picked the burning which i know is one of your favorites greg it is and and actually i kind of misunderstood the 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 assignment as given by pearl not the choosing of the two movies but I actually, if I could just roll it over real quick, I did like a top five of what I considered slasher movies in general. Would it be cool to throw those out still? Sure. Um, so number one would be The Burning. That That's my favorite out of them. And, and, and why I chose these particular ones is because they're my favorite slashers outside of the ones we all talk about, outside mm-hmm. of Nightmare on Elm Street, outside of Friday the 13th. So number one, I had The Burning. Number two, I had The Fun House. Number three, I had The Final Terror which is really good. I love that movie. Number four, He Knows You're Alone. And number five, The Prowler. Um, Nice. Nice. All great choices. I I think all of them are really great because they all have just such a hardcore kind of vicious feel to them. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, very little humor in any of those movies. Uh, I also find it unique that they all start with the, (laughs) except for He Knows You're Alone. (laughs) So, but The Burning was the one I chose for us to review. Uh, it's one of my favorite slasher films 
because it's one of the ones that unfortunately didn't get a sequel. But also, it just genuinely scared me as a kid. Like Friday the 13th, 1 and 2, they, they never really scared me a great deal because all the, you know, Jason and the kills in those movies, they always take on almost like a heavy metal sort of, I won't say he's the hero of the movie or anything, but you just treat it a little differently. Where in the burning, just between the score and everything, it just freaked me out terribly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the burning, uh, like Greg said, came out in 1981. And it starts uh, at Camp Blackfoot. And we find a series of teenagers who have decided to play a prank on the janitor, the caretaker of the camp, a guy by the name of Cropsey. You get an idea. They just they're not very fond of him. They don't like him at all. So they've decided to play a horrible prank on him, which goes awry. And Cropsey is set afire in a dramatic, well orchestrated stunt sequence. And he ends up in the hospital with multiple burns and whatnot and goes through a series of, of healing, uh, uh, trying to get over this. Uh, you have a very elaborate sequence where when he's released from the hospital, you hear voiceover of the doctor saying, hey, we've done the best we could. Uh, the skin grafts didn't take. And also, by the way, don't be angry at those kids who put you in this situation. <laughs> and he like, released him from the hospital and his first thing to do is to roam the streets of what appears to be either New Jersey or New York City. It kind of had a very maniac vibe to it. And he takes his first victim, his, his homicidal rage unleashes on his first victim, a, uh, a woman of the night. And we then go back to Camp Blackfoot years later at this point, And you're introduced to a whole series of teenagers. And basically each start getting killed off very much like a traditional slasher movie. But I think what makes this one unique, again, I love all the characters in this one. You know, all the characters are very unique. They have their own kind of vibe to them. Probably more interesting than a Friday the 13th film, for the most part. Kind of like My Bloody Valentine has really cool, just believable, likable characters. Hmm. And we're introduced to a whole series of teens at Camp Blackfoot. Uh, one of them being uh, basically the, the nerd of the group a kid by the name of Alfred, who no one likes. (laughs) And he ends up basically uh, peeping in on some of the teenage counselors. One of them freaks out, and it turns into a situation where he is uh, ostracized by everyone uh, at the camp, being uh, Todd, who is, you get the idea, the leader of the camp, his girlfriend, uh, Michelle, who is quite upset by Alfred's behavior. And at that point you just start having the characters interact with one another and we end up in a situation where we find out they're planning a huge uh rafting trip that becomes kind of the set piece the whole idea of what's going on in this movie and cropsy starts showing up and just starts doing his business at that point yeah such a good movie man this is one of my all-time favorite slashers it hits all the elements right you got the the legend of the uh campfire tail killer and that's always awesome i always love that i know dave's a big fan of that as well um it just it hits all the right moments for me you get uh the teenagers you get the nudity you get the promiscuous you get all these different things but you get good kills as well uh which i think really drives this one uh uh let's go to you bill what do you think of this one I really like this film. It's one. I agree with you. It's it's probably in my top five all time slashers. 
Uh, it just missed my 1981 film uh, list with one another, Richard. I know you enjoyed The Fun House. Uh, I had that one up there, but like, I didn't write down, you know, a lot of the action because uh, you guys were going to go over that, but I did make a few notes. One thing I found interesting was this was an MGM film. This had studio backing, Mm -hmm. uh, a Miramax film. So this one might've had slightly higher production value than some of the others. And the proof of the pudding is that is with, uh, Tom Savini, uh, doing his great work in this. I love the opening of this film, uh, the flailing arms, the burning, uh, you know, it, you can hear the death screams. I, I think I always like it when a movie opens strong, it sucks you in. Uh, and this one did. The other thing that uh, became very apparent and Dave, you probably noticed this and know already is the name Harvey Weinstein mm-hmm. is all over this film. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of, you kind of like, I like it, but Harvey Weinstein was involved in it. Yeah, and unfortunately, I mean, I'll, I'll let you continue, but unfortunately, yep. anything from the 90s to 2000s, like 90% of it had his name on it. So you would have to literally yeah. wipe off like 90% of your movie watches, unfortunately. I mean, it. Yeah, it, it just kind of puts a sour taste, but it it's does. A great film. It does. I, I, one thing I put, I love seeing Jason Alexander with hair. <laughs> and he's actually very funny in the movie. He's, like he's great. He's a lot. He's a, you know, he's, he... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, I was gonna say he's just such great comic relief. You know, <laughs> uh, when he and uh, the bully, uh, what's the bully's name again? Not coming to me right now. Glazer. Um, yeah, great Glazer. You know, and he's like, I ain't paying for these. I ain't paying for these. And he mocked them, you know. He's just got so many great moments. And then the BB guns, you know, there's going to be four instructions. You know, ready, aim, fire, and run. <laughs> but, I mean, he's essentially George Costanza. I mean, that's, you know, because he's got to be 30 when he's, when, he's, when he's playing this. And this one, of course, like any 80s good slasher, had a mandatory shower scene. <laughs> like, like quite early on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brian Backer is a perv that gets picked on. Hmm. <laughs> what? Gets picked <laughs> on? He, he's rightfully so picked well, on. Well, he is. The... is. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, you should have got no, no, your he, ass kicked. He was just trying to scare her. He was just trying to scare her. Yeah, okay. <laughs> when just you like... see moments like that, you're like, oh, it makes sense that Harvey Weinstein wrote this script. Oh, right. my yeah, God. Dude, how many times does he follow that girl around? Like, he's following him in the woods when they go to make out. He's there everywhere she goes. Like, dude, you are such a creeper, dude. Who knew Fisher Stevens was such a good shot? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Larry Joshua has quit the quick draw. I'm just going to leave it at that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, The the one negative I did find to the film that I, I couldn't remember was I, at times, I found the score a bit annoying. Oh, that hurts. That hurts my heart. I know. I love the score, personally. <laughs> well, see, I, found, I found it grating. The same kind of all. And I'm like, I know that it's a, a slasher score. I, I take mm-hmm. it for that. But I, I just found it awfully repetitive. Mm-hmm. But anyways. <laughs> uh, and, and, and towards the end, you know, when Backer and all that's looking for crops or whatever. It almost looked like an old World War One German tunnel system, like in that forest, <laughs> what they're going through. And you're like, is this built by the Nazis? What the hell is this? In this yeah. Forest? But uh, no, I love this film. Uh, I gave it eight and a half out of ten. Yeah. What'd you think of this one, Pearl? Oh, uh, 
I I enjoyed this one a lot. Um, my only problem with this one was the fact mm. that he got revenge on the wrong people. If only he could have found the ones who did this to him. Right. Because <laughs> they totally got away with it <laughs> completely. <Yeah. laughs> but other than that, I mean, I loved uh, when they finally revealed how he looked. And mm. I think that was awesome. Um, I I had fun with this one. Yeah, me too. Me too. That's one of the things I loved about the ending, though. I I think it I, I it wasn't a huge twist, you know. It wasn't mm-hmm. an M Night Shyamalan twist or anything. But the fact that Todd turned out to be one of the kids who who played the prank in the first place. True. I yeah. thought that was a cool little twist to do, you know. Mm-hmm. And the, just the whole confrontation at the end. Uh, I love the cutting of Cropsey walking through the remains of wherever they were. You know, like Bill joked about a World War II fort. Um, but I love how they cut from him to Todd and they, it was kind of like saw before saw because they would cut from that Mm -hmm. to the kids back in the past preparing the prank. And then it all came together and you're like, Oh damn, it's Todd. Todd's the one who did it, Mm -hmm. which obviously you get the idea. Maybe that's why he's a little protective of Alfred, you know, because Hey, I was a shithead when I was a teenager and Alfred's being a shithead and looking at a girl in the shower is a, a lot less harmful than setting a guy on fire inadvertently. You know? True. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I just thought that was a great element. It was something that you didn't really get to see a lot of in slasher films at that, that period of time. And usually your, your characters in a slasher movie, you know, aren't the ones who kind of created the monster, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I kind of wish they actually worked on that a little more, maybe if they had, you know, a little more time with the screenplay kind of concentrate on the fact that, Maybe because I don't think Todd ever gets the impression that oh damn this is Cropsey. Yeah. I don't think he ever gets that. Yeah, you know. So we know it, yeah. but I don't think Todd necessarily knows it, and it could have added to a, to a little more intensity in, in that sequence. That's true. And I, here's my hot take on the intro of that movie: Did the kids truly do anything horribly wrong to Cropsey? No, they basically took a skull and lit it. It wasn't on him on the bed. It's Cropsy's fault for jumping up and like screaming <laughs> and kicking and then oh my god and then he causes himself to catch on fire. Like dude like legit the burning skull thing was actually harmless. That's like funny in a way like ha it was your fault for jumping up like oh my god no! and you're kicking and then you knock the thing over and you go up in a blaze of glory. Uh, so I'm just saying, like, I think they got a bad rap on that one myself, personally. Well, he also forgot the, the rules. Stop, drop, and roll. He just kind of <laughs> he just, it around. He just ran. Uh, the Vaseline they used for the uh, POV shots was pretty decent. You know, I always liked how you knew you was looking through the killer's eyes uh, through the movie. I like that, man. But I like everything about this one. The score, everything. Dave, but, uh, well, the, I was going to say, the mm-hmm. thing I didn't bring up, did you notice when uh, Lee Ayers finds the bodies on the raft? the screen goes red. Yes. Yeah, like, cool. like mm-hmm. that was obviously a purposeful element to the filmmaking that the director included. Oh, it was. And I mean, and what a great set piece. That oh, whole raft yeah. sequence, you don't get a lot of that in a slasher movie. It's usually just individual people mm-hmm. getting taken out. And here, just a great scene of, of that raft and the effects, you know, yeah. he obviously just swiping off fingers and everything else. Yeah, dude. And, and did you did you blink and did you catch the Academy Award winner, Holly Hunter? 
Yes, they do. That's all that. <laughs> I looked up some trivia. Neighbors asking her what she thought of her role, and she's like, "Yeah, I was making like a thousand dollars a week. I didn't have to bust tables anymore for a while. So I was, you know, she got her actors guild award. You know, she got her, you know, her guild <laughs> uh, her card. So I mean, she was good. <laughs> she's like, yeah, that's all right. And, and where would you rank this in the list of great Brian Backer films? <laughs> right, right below Fast Times Everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got you got Fast Times. You've got Police Academy Four, Citizens on Patrol. Woo! Oh yeah, that's. Uh, but classic. you've also got Moving Violations. I love Moving Violations. Yeah. <laughs> but mm. I th- yeah, I think this one's. Uh, would you put this one behind Fast Times? <laughs> it's too, no, because it's two different movies. I can't even. Oh, put I it know in. it's, it's horror movies. and comedy. No, I don't put them together at all. At all. I love Fast Times at Ridgemont High, though, because that brought every guy's puberty to, to okay. for fi- fruition. Yeah, <laughs> well, he kind of plays it the same anyways. You know, <laughs> He's a creeper hey, there, too. Doesn't anybody talk yeah. anymore? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, no Judge Reinhold's line, though. <laughs> yeah, right? No, this movie has everything you want. Like, if, if I was to bring somebody that's never watched a slasher movie, someone new to the slasher world, I'm going to show them burning. I'm going to say, hey, check out the burning uh, give it a watch because it's got all the elements that you want in a slasher. And I just love it. I love the campfire tale. That's, I mean, I just love all about it. And then you got Tom Savini doing what he does and that's movie magic. Uh, so it's great stuff, man. Right. It was yeah, speaking, t- speaking of the campfire thing, isn't it interesting that you have three movies in 1981 and I don't know if it was something in the air or maybe if someone was trying, because there's a lot of rumors that sometimes these three productions that were happening, because you had Madman going on, uh, which was being initially shot under a different title. You had the burning and you had Friday 13th part two. And all of them kind of have connective tissue, everything from campfire sequences uh, then to, you know, uh, the whole idea of certain final girls and whatnot, and just all these strange little elements that are similar. But as far as all the campfire sequences go, the one in the burning, I think, is is the best out of all three. Because I love how it's a new group of kids at that point telling the story. And if you notice, the camera ever so slightly pulls back where we didn't do that the first time when uh, when Todd is telling the story. And it pulls back far enough where it's into the bushes, almost as if someone is watching them, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. And then I just like how he says, you're dead. And he looks directly at the camera. I, I just thought that was really cool. But it's interesting how they're all very similar in, in terms of their, their execution and the way they play out. Yeah. Well, the, the other one kind of of that ilk, uh, ironically, also from 1981 that nobody's brought up is Just Before Dawn. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's a good movie. It's another good one. Uh, Greg Henry, I really like in that film. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. The Burning. Uh, I I agree with you, Greg. Uh, I would show the Burning. I would show the Prowler. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the Mutilator. Like those kind of films. Yeah. Avoiding like if you, I would be avoiding the the R- Mount Rushmore slasher icons. Of course, I'm going to tell them go Halloween first. But no, to go outside <laughs> of the icons i would go to like the burning and different ones i would throw in girls night out i love girls night out i think that's a solid film i still praise that movie for what it is or even getting into graduation day as cheesy it is and it's funny the other day the other day i i was i was high as a kite and i threw on graduation day (laughs) boy did it help it out (laughs) 
<laughs> oh man, so many good ones in the eighties, man. So many good ones. But well, uh, there was the one that I watched the other night, uh, Trick or Treats. Yeah, not the Trick or Treat with Gene mm. Simmons, but Trick or Treats. That's an interesting film too. It's decent flick. Yeah. Yeah. And one of these days, like we'll we'll break down a bunch more slashers, but. Uh, no, I'm the burning. I'm so glad you chose it, man. Because if you're going to pit movie against movie, you know, you want to come out with a heavy hitter. So the 80s, you went with the burning. That was a good choice. Like that is a, in a lot, not just our world, like in the world of horror, uh, it's one of the top five horror slasher films of the 80s by all means. Like when you tar, if you went to anybody, 99% of the people are going to say the burning's in their top five. So you, you chose right. You did right. Like, Bam. If I was going to choose it, bam. Uh, let's throw this one out there. So, good choice. So, we love the burning. We think it's great. Uh, but we still got to pit it against something, right? We got we to <laughs> throw it up against one, and that's what we're going to do here. Anybody else got anything else on the burning, by the way? No. Um, I'm assuming it's out now in 4K, or is it not? The, no, I don't no, believe that. No, There's that, still a really good transfer of it. There's like a 2K transfer. Yeah, uh, I think it, I think Arrow, I think theirs is pretty much the one that got predominantly used from here on out, and it looks really nice. Yeah, Scream Factory is the one that I own, and they did a uh, tremendous job on it. Uh, so yeah. to go anywhere else, I mean, if Arrow did it, it would be great or somebody, but I'm expecting 1 million percent this to get released on 4K uh, somewhere down the line, without a doubt. Well, I mean, if Dave just bought his 17th different version of Texas Chainsaw, there's got to be somebody else coming out with another version. <laughs> it's coming. Uh, let's go to a few voicemails here, and then we'll uh, we'll go into the 2000s one. Okay, let's go here. All right, land of the creeps. This is Greg from Ohio, and I'm listening. Here it is, LOTC Tuesday, and I'm listening to the episode. And Bill, of course, calls me out. Um, he kind of was correct. I think Pearl was the one that, uh, I don't know, I couldn't listen back. I think Pearl's the one that nailed it. Um, no, sadly, I do not own a Delta 88. Womp, womp, womp. Nope, it's, it is Hitchhike. It's that uh, that uh, Italian movie that we did for the Road Horror. And it's a 1963 Ford Galaxy four-door. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, a little older than the uh, Delta 88, but uh, equally as cool in my eyes. But that's just me. I'm biased. But, uh, yeah, uh, keeping this one short because I'll have to call back later because I still don't even know what the next episode's about. <laughs> All right. Because that's when we called him out. We was talking about Evil Dead, and you mentioned him having the car bill on his head. Well, I, I love that he, you know, a thought came to his head. I'll just randomly call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the episode is yet, but I'm going to call in. I'll see what it is. Uh, let's go to Darren from Northern California here. Hey, Greg Pearl, Dave, Bill, Darren from Northern California calling. Okay. We are comparing 1980 slashers to 2000 slashers. Uh, this is a great debate. Um, so here's my two. Here I go. Um, okay. 1980 slashers. You know, they have more of a grittiness to them, more of a raw, uh, a raw gorilla feel to them when they're being filmed. There's 2000 slashers. They're much more polished. And 
much more cinematic in there, you know, like like more they seem more professionally done. I personally have more of a uh, favor toward the 1980s slashers because I like the grittiness to it. I think it contributes to the to the horror in it, and it's just and they're just a lot of fun. Um, let's see. I'll give you an example. I, one of my favorite examples of 1980s slashers is uh, Terminator by James Cameron. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> okay. I, you know, I couldn't resist. Uh, you know what? Ah, the hell with it. I, I swore I was never going to slam my dog in the car door of the Terminator as a slasher debate, but I'll just give you my two cents. Uh, Jay of the Dead, I love you so much, and I hope you are on the mend, and... God knows we need your voice out there. But Terminator is not a slasher. I am sorry. <laughs> yes! It is not. Yes! And it doesn't have to anything to do with um, how the killer stalks the victim, and it doesn't have anything to do with the weaponry because, you know, people say Terminator uses a gun, so that means it's not a slasher. Nah, bullshit. Art the Clown uses a gun, and <laughs> nobody can tell me that Art the Clown is not a slasher. Um. It, you should, it comes down to the motivation of the killer itself. The Terminator is a soldier. It is. Plain and simple, fighting a war. And it is on a mission to carry out its objective to eliminate its target. That is all it is doing. So the, so the Terminator is more in line of war movie. And once it eliminates its target, it is no longer a threat to society. And this was proven in the movie Terminator Dark Fate. Mm-hmm. Minor spoiler alert for the beginning of that movie. When the Terminator eliminated its target at the beginning of that film, it went away and was never heard from again until later in the movie when it was called upon to do another mission, period. So to call the Terminator a slasher, you'd have to call Saving Private Ryan a slasher. You'd have to call Stan V. Lupino a slasher. And plus, the Terminator was based on a, on a short story by Harlan Ellison called Soldier. And that was brilliant. And he got cut off. But by damn it, you're right, Darren. You call it, brother. Mic drop. <laughs> Everybody agrees, right? Come on now. Absolutely. Yeah, see there. <laughs> now let's go to the second call here. <laughs> I love it. Now the Terminator tried to eliminate me, but he missed. <laughs> I guess he's not a very good flasher, is he? Okay. You do. So, anyway, like I said, uh, the Terminator is based on a short story by Harlan Ellison called Soldier, which was brilliantly filmed for the 1960s anthology series, The Outer Limits. I suggest people seek that out. It, the episode is called Soldier, and it starred Michael and Sarah. And you can look at that you can look at that show, and you can see the similarities between that and The Terminator. All right, so here's some examples. Now, getting back to the topic at hand, here's some examples of some 80s slashers that I really love. Halloween 2 by Rick Rosenthal, 1981. And we had Nightmare on Elm Street by Wes Craven from 1984. The Prowler by Joseph Zito from 1981. Maniac by William Lustig from 1980. And then you had Thesis by Juan, by Juan Picard Simon from 1983. You know, those all had a grittiness, grittiness to them that I really enjoyed. Some 2000 slashers that I really enjoyed, but they had a much more polished look. Uh, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon by Scott Bosserman from 2007. Uh, 
Hatchet by Adam Green in 2007 also. Um, I mean, that had kind of a grittiness to it, too, but it was still a lot more polished. American Psycho by Mary Harron from 2000. Final Destination by James Wong from 2000. And Terrifier by Damien Leone. Damien Leone from 2016, which also had a grittiness to it, but it still had a glossiness to it that 1980s films really didn't have. All right. Hope you guys have a great show. I will talk to you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. There's Darren. What thoughts, guys? What did you think of his voicemail there? Oh, I agree with him completely on his choices. Really well done. Uh, also agree with him about Halloween not, or uh, Terminator not being a slasher movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I know Jay is always going on about that. And I see where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not a slasher movie. <laughs> but it is kind of funny how John Carpenter really admitted that the uh, the way he got Michael Myers to move and whatnot was actually inspired by Westworld, the Yul Brynner character, the robot who would get shot, fall down, and get up very obviously robotic. Mm. And that's that was his direction to Nick Castle. So, yeah. well, Joseph, was it, Bill? I was going to just say, great call. Darren's are always well thought of. And I just like his cadence. Ah, you know, well. and But he comes up with these, you know, great theories. And, and the the thought about, you know, the Terminator was a soldier. Mm-hmm. It's tough to argue, you know. He, yeah. had a, he, had a, he had a mission. And he went about it no matter what it took, you know. That's right. But, uh, but good lists. Uh, Darren's are always good. Uh, he's, you know, he's obviously been watching horror for a long time. So uh, keep them coming, Darren. I know you always do. That's was right. he the first one this week, or was it Brian, or was it Greg? First one was Patrick Gunner, uh, but Greg Bench was the first. Uh, I'm, I'm actually going in order, so he was actually oh, okay. second. So yeah, uh, let's see. Let's go. I, I was going to say I always thought uh, Brian Scott tried to tries to get in there. No, Brian <laughs> always tries to be the last. <laughs> oh, last. Oh, okay. Sometimes he cuts that too thin, does he? Yeah, Brian is notorious. He wants to be the last caller, don't you, Brian? I know you. So, so essentially, you're gonna have this edited, and then you'll get one. Yeah, oh, by the way, am I too late? He's done it before, like listeners mm-hmm. to pull back the curtain. He's like, "Hi, I got the last call in, and I purposely played it in the middle of the show or something just to post his balls." It's <laughs> <laughs> like, "No, you didn't, Brian," because <laughs> I love picking on my boy Brian because I love him. Uh, I now I. I got to do this voicemail here. I teased it a while ago, but Dave Z, our buddy from Jay the Dead's new horror movie podcast, as well as Exploding Heads horror podcast. We love Dave Z. He is the slasher guru as well, uh, just like myself, man. And we got to go to him, Dave Z. Let's see what he's got. What's up, creepers? It's Dave Z. I'm not going to talk real fast this time. I'm going to get benched, and I don't care. I'm a (laughs) tutu. Because you're talking about something that I'm really passionate about here. And it was right place, right time just now when I checked my Twitter, which I never do. But I did. And I saw 1980s versus 2000 slashers. And, man, I'll tell you what my thoughts are. You can't even mess with the 80s. 1980, 81 especially. 81 is just ridiculous. But 80 to 84, really the golden age of slashers, it's just untouchable. Now, the 2000s, you know... I, I think about 2000 slashers as a, a lot of times being remakes of those movies. That was kind of a big thing. It started off early on, early 2000s. You had you still had the post-screen action going on. So you had some of that. And it was okay because it had mystery and that kind of harkened back to the early 80s slashers, the whodunit era, 
which was cool. So we had a little of that, like that. Then we had the uh, Final Destination stuff, which obviously was a, a completely new take on the slasher genre, which was cool for what it was. Then you had stuff like Hatchet, which tried to harken back to the originals. And I don't really think it did. It kind of, you know, ma- not masqueraded. It kind of marketed itself as old school American horror. And I don't really feel that that's what it was. Not to say that I didn't enjoy Hatchet, because I did. So uh, I'm definitely not knocking it. I'm just saying that. It was a little too uh, too much comedy, and it just seemed more modern than old school to me. Uh, you had some other movies in the 2000s that, you know, they, they may have felt more old school slashery. That wasn't one of them. But I thought, you know, they, they had the, the behind the mask doing a nice take on it, doing the meta thing, and which pretty brilliant. You know, wrong turn and stuff like that was fine. And, you know, not really my favorite franchise, but hey, I just think that there's a lot of, uh, like I said, a lot of remakes when I think about the uh, the slashers from the 2000s, Friday and Halloween and uh, My Bloody Valentine, etc. But wasn't terrible. wasn't terrible. But you just can't mess with the 80s. Now, the 2010s, that's another story. I think that's the second best time for slashers, and I think it's very slept on. People don't look at the 2010s, but we did something on Exploding Heads not too long ago where I did some comparisons mostly between the 90s and the 2010s. And I deducted, not just me, but the listeners, that the 2010s were even better than the 90s. But that's another show. Anyway, I've gone a while, and I'm still there, so I guess I didn't get benched. Um, I don't know. Whatever it is, I love talking slashers, and I'm glad you guys are talking more about them. And I'll be listening, as always. And, yeah, see you all around. Peace. Much love. Damn, there's Dave Z chiming in. I got to listen to that episode, man. I want to hear his take on the 2010s because uh, I, I would definitely say 2010s are probably better than the 90s, but that's not saying nothing because I just think the 90s sucked. Uh, there was a couple good ones, but I'm just saying as a whole, man, I'm just like, God, the 90s just did not have anything good. Except for Uwe Ball. <laughs> yeah, Uwe Ball. I love Uwe Ball. <laughs> oh boy but no i appreciate the call there daisy man great stuff there and i always love hearing your hot takes and uh dave knows the stuff man he really breaks it down and he does his research and like i said now he's he's a little more strict on his slashers than i am and uh i love that about him that he goes through that that processing richard where he just really i mean he really has a system that it has to hit all these you know, bullet points or it just does not work. Uh, yeah. I love Dave Z stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I still had, I, I'm still pretty certain though, that he liked Halloween ends way too much. I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I understand if I agree the rules and everything, but God, man, it's so horrible. Agree. <laughs> I was on well, that show with him. I was like, come on, Dave Z. Come on, brother. <laughs> I, I had a nickel for every time I heard someone say, you know, it didn't give me what I expected, but I think I, I kind of like, it's like, no, no, <laughs> don't, don't, that's, that's why, and, and I, I gotta say, I'm disappointed Dave fell asleep because I was, uh, I was waiting for him to come out and say something, but, mm-hmm. but uh, I remember Dave's anger at uh, Halloween ends, I'm like, <laughs> that's my voice right there, that's my spirit animal right now. <laughs> what was you gonna say, Bill? I was gonna say, I just, I fully expect Dave Z to call back and 
uh, talk about what his thoughts are on our takes. Hot takes on hot takes. <laughs> yeah, Dave Z, call in. Let us know. Did we are we giving you justice here, brother? And are we doing you right, or you feel like, man, y'all need to shut up? You don't. Want and, what, what, and Dave, what is your opinion on Leprechaun? <laughs> <laughs> I will never he's speak. Do a review of your show is what he's going to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, if anybody puts freaking Leprechaun as a slasher, man, we're going to have to talk. We're going to have to talk, brother. Uh, now here, now here's a serious question that I saw come up on a couple lists, and I didn't think so, but I wanted the opinion of my learned friends. What about Puppet Master? No, God, no. no. Little little slashers, right? Little slashers. <laughs> Blade. I would. I love Blade. Like Blade is one of my all-time favorite characters in any movie. Like I love Blade. He would be the closest to a slasher for me just by his look and his, you know, the black coat and the 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 hook and all this stuff, man. He would be the closest for me, but yeah, it's just it's a whole nother world, man. Oh no, it's another world. I I have no problem with that, but you know, you know, if you put elements together, does it technically fit? The... But here's the thing. There again, I mean, and we said it like you can have elements through any movie. You can take a supernatural ghost film and have an element of a slasher but it doesn't make it a slasher you know what i'm saying it it still has like to hit play you wouldn't consider a slasher right yeah see that's the supernatural right killer, it's this right? almost demon possessed you know demon possession almost because of the spirit but here's the thing like in child's play i put sometimes i do put chucky in on the slasher world because i do I sometimes put chucky as a <laughs> icon of slasher uh probably wrongfully so but here's my thing you still had to hit, you know, if, if, if Dave Z was to say, and, and I'm not busting Dave Z and I'm not putting words in his mouth, but say Dave Z said you had to have eight points, eight bulletin points hit to make a slasher, right? I'm not saying he does, but let's say he did. Me too. If, if you hit for me, if you hit at least five of them, then you're, you're in the world of slashers. Okay. But there's key points. Like if you don't have a certain two in that you're definitely not in that world right so there are certain things you just got to have in it to be a slasher puppet master doesn't hit that element but still good films uh what about that shocker shocker uh, no but it does Same thing with house three then exactly or, uh, house three horror show yeah. exactly well, the, the other set of films nobody's brought up and again I, I i don't consider but i am willing to listen are the french ones Haute Tension, Inside, yeah. Eels. Do any of them fall under the umbrella? See, and there's the thing. Like, I've seen Inside pop up several times. To me, Inside's not a slasher. That's not, no. to me, a slasher. But it's gory. It's got the gore. It's got the mystery. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's got all those elements, but it's not a slasher. I, I, I was thinking more high tension. Like, Haute Tension. Out of oh. all the ones that you mentioned, I could see high tension being the one. Um out of all those, if you were going to name any of them, all right, one of those is a slasher, I would go to high tension. Yeah. You know, just because of... But, but technically, in my gut, I don't think it is. I don't either. I mean, it, it's those are more, there again, they have their own field. They're in that, that extreme. They're into the, I don't want to call it torture porn, but they're in that whole... They have almost their own genre as well. You know, yeah, almost it's almost a French genre cinema. unto itself. Yeah, it's like a French cinema, or so to speak, French horror yeah. or whatever. Uh, there's just there's so many of these quote unquote sub genres. Like you know, 
you got your supernatural, you got your religious, you got your slasher, you got your all these. You know, there's so many of them, and when it all breaks down, they're horror movies. So you know. Yeah, but I mean, no, nobody's arguing horror versus horror. It's just fun to have that debate. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go to another voicemail here. Let's go to this one right here. What's up, creeps? This is Charles Gibson from uh, Detroit Rock City. He's calling in for the uh, 80s versus 2000 slashers. Um, I grew up in, I was born in 92, grew up in the 90s, saw a lot of the remakes in the early 2000s, like Friday the 13th. I watched most of the originals. As a kid, though, I'm going to have to say the 80s slashers are better. Um, the practical effects, um, especially in the early 2000s, CGI was pretty shoddy. Um, but overall, I think that uh, you got Halloween 2 was 81. You've got Evil Dead 2. I wouldn't call that necessarily a slasher. But all the Jason movies, Friday the 13th, the Freddy Mania, um, 80s definitely over the, the 2000s. Um, but I do love the remakes. I got a special place in my heart for 2009, Friday the 13th, and uh, the Rob Zombie Halloween was different, but okay. Um, hope you guys are staying safe. Keep on keeping horror alive. Charles Gibson coming in from Detroit, Rob City. <laughs> I love Charles, man. Great guy. Uh, I agree with him. I really, really, really enjoy the 2009-ish uh, Friday the 13th remake. I'm, I'm a big fan of that one. I think it's really good. Uh, Halloween has grown on me with the first one and a uh, big fan of that one as well. So I can't fault them on none of those good stuff. Oh, no, I'd, I'd still go and try to watch part two again, man. I think maybe if you revisit it, especially the, uh, the actual, um, unrated cut, mm -hmm. as opposed to the theatrical cut. I, I came around on that one. The first time I was, eh, I was on the fence with it. But then I started looking at it, and it's it's a it's a pretty good movie in the long run. Actually, it's a lot better than than I than I anticipated the first. Yeah, time. it's definitely like watching it. I've seen it a few times now, and each time I watch it, it does. What I do appreciate out of it is the brutality of Michael Myers. I think the the over obsessive kills that he does, I like. It's still, it's just, I'm hard to get over that white horse. It's just still that whole, <laughs> uh, if he would have left that out, and then the shitty Malcolm McDowell take of Donald Plaisance's <laughs> Dr. Loomis. If you just I took those two. I think the biggest blemish on those movies, Oh, man. my God. Really is. Do. I love you, Malcolm McDowell. I'm going to text you in a little while. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to text you and show you how much I love you, brother. I appreciate you. But you a, fucking sucked a, in Halloween, dude. Like you I read were, an interview with him where he mm -hmm. made the claim that he did not bother watching the original Halloween movie. And it tells. <laughs> yeah, and it shows because yeah. it's like, I didn't want it to affect my performance as Loomis. I'm like, oh, you really should have watched him, man, because you would have definitely known how to dude, play the character as so much better. You know? Yeah, a lot of people shit on Donald Plaisance, and he was over the top, especially once you get into four or five, all those. But here's the thing. Dude, Malcolm McDowell, you were on crack, man. I'm just kidding. But I'm saying, like, dude, you just miscast miscast bad rob zombie i love you brother but you totally miscast donald place since his character man just saying <laughs> just saying i love you malcolm i'll text you in a little while and make it up for you i'll take you out to dinner tomorrow another uh, one on the roller decks yeah the roller decks um <laughs> yeah I, i'll hit yeah, you i'm glad that uh halloween 2009 has shown up on a couple of the lists so true. far that's cool yeah true Good movie. So many people hate that movie. Yeah, I mean, it's still it's hard, man. It's hard because you have such iconic 
for me, iconic uh, characters is Laurie, Annie, and all these. So for me, it was like seeing their dynamic, and then you go into seeing uh, Scout Taylor Compton and Daniel Harris and that, and it's like, not knocking you guys, but it felt forced every time they were on screen. It felt like they were forcing themselves to be cool, like Laurie Strode and Annie and Annie. It's just to me, that's just me. That's my hot take. I, I, Laurie, I mean, uh, Scout Taylor, Daniel Harris, all of them are icons and they're great. Don't get me wrong. Not knocking them. I'm just saying for me, their acting always felt forced in those movies. That's my only But I, I posed to you the question like I did Dave Becker earlier between Chainsaw 4 and Halloween Ends. Like, all right, you're in purgatory. You have to. You only have two movies: Halloween Resurrection or Halloween 2009. Oh, I'll do Halloween 2009. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Resurrect. I, here's here's my hot take, and then we'll move on. Hot. I don't. And why am I saying hot take so much tonight? Somebody take know. a shot every time I say that. Where oh, did that God. come from? I have said it like 50 times tonight. What the hell am I on? Uh, anyways, <laughs> I don't even know where I come from. But no, here's my thing with that. Like. I don't – oh, this is tough. <laughs> this is tough. <laughs> Halloween 2009 is a really grown-on-me good film, right? Right, it is. Mm-hmm. It's good kills, stories, what it is, and all that stuff. Oh, we go to the next film that you're talking about there, Richard. <laughs> it's tough, man. It's tough. It's really tough. <laughs> not hate. take another shot he's like it's really tough it's tough <laughs> but it is what it is it's tough <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say is moving on <laughs> <laughs> i love cinema i love horror oh my god uh let's go to another voicemail and then we'll break our 2000s we'll go into our next movie review let's go to greg bench all right land of the creeps you know me it's greg and i'm coming with a special request by Bill the Butcher himself. I have a feeling that this one's going to go out to his wife. Uh, I believe her name Uh-oh. is Jen. And uh, I, I, I have a feeling that's why Bill recommended this. So this goes out to all the ladies, I suppose. There's a certain sound always follows me around. When you're close to me, you will hear it. It's the sound of lovers here when they discover there could be no other for their love. It's my happy heart you hear singing loud and singing clear and it's all because you're near me my love take my happy heart away let me love you night and day in your arms i want to say oh my love feeling more and more like i've never felt before you've changed my life so completely Music fill my soul now, 
control now. I'm not half, I'm whole now with your love. It's my happy heart you hear singing loud and singing clear. And it's me, it's all because you're near me, my love. Take my happy heart away. Let me love you night and day. In your arms I want to stay. Oh, my love. La, 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 this went out to Bill. This was anyway. <laughs> uh, now was, I got to say this, Bill. Yeah. That was not for your wife. That was for Tubi. I know it was. That was, <laughs> that was Tubi. I know it was. That, that officially goes out to all the women in horror of the month of February. <laughs> but, but that was a great, great rendition. I felt like Andy Williams was in my basement sitting on the couch smoking a cigar. That was that was fantastic. I knew nothing about that song. I'm sitting like, what are you singing? I love this song. Happy heart. Really? It's at the end of um, Shallow Grave. They use it on the end titles. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's the first time I ever heard this song. My mom knew all of it. (laughs) Never heard this song before. It's it's one of those ones. You know, they say songs are guilty pleasures. I'm not guilty. I like the song. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good times. All right. So let's move on now. We're going to go into our. Uh, versus episode again. We just had the burning a little while ago from 1981. All right, now we're coming in with 2000s, and it's 2006. Let's go to you once again, Richard. What movie did you pick for the 2000s? And break it down with a plot synopsis. All righty. After a lot of, once again, really weighing my options and everything, I I really did want to put Hatchet out there because I do love Hatchet. I love all four of those movies. I hope he does a fifth. But I had to pick Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, which is a a 2006 mockumentary about a uh, documentary team that have been contacted by a gentleman who claims to be Leslie Vernon, who, as a child, was uh, pulled out of his home by a group of townspeople who felt that he was evil and threw him over the uh, dam into a local river. And now Leslie Vernon has returned uh, to his hometown to get revenge for that that, uh, crime done against him. Never a lot of detail of why they thought he was evil or anything like that, and that really doesn't matter. And... What you're introduced at the beginning in a very almost Blair Witch fashion, uh, the female lead of the film, uh, Taylor Gentry, played by the uh, amazing Angela Gothels, who really hasn't done any work since then, unfortunately. Um, she introduces a world where Leslie Vernon is part of a world where Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers exist, which is really wild. Um, and she starts talking about this new uh, potential killer, Leslie Vernon, is plotting his revenge, and her camera crew has been invited, basically, uh, on the ride, if you will. Mm -hmm. And we're introduced to Leslie Vernon, 
on his family farm, played by Nathan Basile, who I think is so great in this movie. His performance is just brilliant. He's quirky. He almost comes off like a weird kind of Jim Carrey type to a point, <laughs> but he's just got a lot of camera presence. You know, he's mm-hmm. just a fascinating guy to look at when he's acting. And there's moments where he's able to go from funny to serious, just on the drop of a hat. And it's just great. But he introduces himself to them and everything, shows him around the farm and just says, hey, this is where I live right now. Uh, here's my turtles. This just this weird, quirky guy. And you get the cam- you get the idea that the camera crew is just more fascinated with him as a character, you know, and, and, and uh, potential for a good documentary. You don't get the feeling like they really think he's going to do what he's claiming he's going to do. So. He proceeds to go ahead and take them out on uh, the first day of their shoot to show he is stalking a potential victim. And he shows how he goes about it. They go to a high school campus. Uh, There's a great moment where he locks eyes with a a girl that you think is going to be the potential final girl, the the girl that he's going to put his eyes on. Uh, But it doesn't turn out to be her because it turns out he has someone else already chosen. Um, he has a, uh, young girl, Kelly, who works at a local diner and they go ahead to, uh, they go about just again, following him on his day to day. And throughout the film, we learn more about how a serial killer like Leslie Vernon, who is patterning himself after a Freddie, after Michael Myers, after Jason and things like that. Uh, there's a lot of joking moments of. I have to do a lot of cardio. It shows him working out. He's doing the punching bag. Uh, And you actually get to see him do things like disappear real quick and whatnot. And he explains that as, hey, we got to work out. We got to work out like mad to pull this off. You know, everyone else is running. We got to make it look like we're walking. (laughs) So it's really hilarious the way they pull it off. And again, during this time, you keep getting the idea that Taylor just thinks he's kind of weird. He really doesn't think he's going to follow through with this. So um, there's a great sequence at the beginning of the movie where you see Leslie Vernon's potential victim uh, go out from her job. She works at a diner. Uh, She goes out to dump some uh, of the nightly refuse into the garbage dumpster. And we have the whole typical slasher moment of the killer watching her. The door slams shut to, to the back of the restaurant and she runs around the front. Well, once we go out on the second night of the documentary crew, he actually takes them on that moment and it actually mm-hmm. incorporates Taylor, uh, our female lead, and basically pulling a brick that's been wired with a, a string <laughs> to move so the door will shut and suddenly they're part of it and everything. And when it goes off, it goes off, you know, without a hitch. It's perfect. You know, Kelly freaks out, runs back into the restaurant and, you know, Leslie Vernon's ecstatic, you know, he he pulls us, he's just so happy because everything's coming together. So it's like, wow, this is great. This is wonderful. So uh, at that point in time, we are then introduced to another part of Leslie Vernon's life, a gentleman by the name of Eugene and his wife. Eugene is played by the, oh, I miss him so much, Scott Wilson from Walking Dead fame. He plays an even older school serial killer. And he, uh, when we first introduced to him, it's quite funny, actually, because Leslie comes over with the documentary crew and uh, Eugene's wife is like, oh, you should go get him. He's out in the tank. And it's like, and the, oh, OK, he's doing that. Turns out 
something these serial killers do in order to prepare themselves and just go about their, you know, the job, if you will. Uh, they need to slow their heartbeat down because, of course, what happens in a slasher movie? Oh, the killer's not dead. Oh, killer's dead. Back and forth. Well, how do they do that? They learn how to slow their heartbeat down. So they go out and they literally dig up a, a iron kind of tank that's under the ground. And that's how we're introduced to Eugene. And Eugene gives us more information on the world these serial killers live in. He actually, once again, name drops Michael and, and Jason, which is quite neat the way they do that. Uh, and they talk about the ideology, how it's changed from his days and things of that nature. So uh, Eugene is quite excited about the fact that Leslie has found his new target. And they're thinking, hey, your stuff's going along great. This is wonderful. You know, it's like there's just admiration around for him that he's going to be able to start his uh, slaughter fest, if you will. So things become complicated, however, when at one point Taylor wants wants to know more. She wants to really see what's going on here. She wants to know what's happening with uh, the potential victim. So they go to the diner that she's working at. And they, they don't want to, you know, interfere, obviously, because Leslie has given them the parameters of you stay out of my plans, basically. You can be with me, but you can't contact her. Well, they break the rule and they go into the diner. And lo and behold, on the opposite side of the diner, while they're there, potentially wondering if they're going to contact this, this potential victim, you see Robert England looking just bad as a motherfucker he looks great he's got this great beard going on kind of the go not really a, a donald pleasance thing but he's looking cool and he sees the camera crew and he comes up in typical robert england voice and he sounds great you know he's like do you people know her why do you have this camera you know and he catches on he understands that that camera crew is well aware and he reveals that he knows that leslie vernon has contacted them to do obviously a documentary on him and he proceeds to tell them what you think is Leslie Vernon is not Leslie Vernon. He's actually a, a escaped mental patient by the name of Leslie Mancuso. Cool little ode to Frank Mancuso, the producer of the Friday the 13th movies. And you guys are in a very dangerous situation. You know, Leslie is a dangerous person. The waitress comes up around that time. The camera crew uh, you know, Taylor and her crew are like, no, we need to leave. We got to go, yada, yada. And they vacate out of there quite quickly. It's a wonderful sequence that follows that, that I love so much. Taylor has to, is confronted by Leslie at that point. And he's like, what are you doing? And this is the moment where things, you know, shit gets real, if you will. Because where Leslie has been quirky and funny and it's like, hey, I'm just this weird individual. He slams her against the van in such a brilliant, just intense sequence. You know, he makes it abundantly clear. No, if you're going to you're either going to leave or you're going to stay with me on this thing. And eventually we do get to the um, atypical slasher finale and a wonderful twist where the final girl you think has been the potential target of the entire movie isn't. And I, I don't want to blow that part but it, it's, it's, it's a great twist ending. I love it. And it's just, it's one of my favorite slasher movies of the two thousands, because not only does it sort of deconstruct the slasher movie to a point, it does it respectfully. It really doesn't, uh, it doesn't throw shade at the genre or anything. 
And I, I would have loved to see more of these. There should have been more of these. The plan was for them to do some more. Um, the director, Scott Glosserman, even tried to get, I believe it was a, uh, it was a crowdfunding program of some kind to, to do a sequel. Couldn't get enough money together, but they did do a comic book prequel to it, sort of a thing, prequel slash sequel. Um, uh, Anchor Bay that released the movie, they bought two movies that year. One of them was Hatchet. And as much as I love Hatchet, that's where they threw all their money. You know, it gave it a theatrical release and everything. So unfortunately, Behind the Mask has just kind of fallen to the wayside. But I think anyone who can appreciate, even if you're talking about millennials or younger, you know, cinephiles who are like, well, you know, Scream is my kind of thing. This is going to be your kind of thing. It's got that wonderful balance of humor and horror. And I, it's just a wonderful film. Yeah, I agree. And I think what benefits this is Leslie Vernon and played by Nathaniel Basil. I think he is definitely the show and Angela Gothal's playing Taylor. Those two, the rest of the movie could have been whatever, but the way that they played off each other was perfect. Angela with her, or Taylor in the movie, with her scaredness and quirkiness and celebrations and getting excited and then wait a minute i shouldn't be excited this is murder you know it's just all these different things going on man the elements of this movie is so great uh pearl what'd you think of this one i had fun with this one um i love how he reinvented himself and mm -hmm. just the odd twist about it and of course robert england was a good bonus in this but um i was getting a kick out of it i was getting a kick out of how he just kept having the reporter like sought sought out and be like, "And what do you think is gonna happen next? And what do you think is gonna you know?" And yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah. writing out pretty much her own story, not mm. knowing you know. Mm. But um, I had fun with this. Yeah, it, this was a good two thousand um, two thousand what again? Uh, two thousand six. Yeah, two thousand six. Mm. Yeah. it was a really good one. Yeah, absolutely, Bill. Your thoughts, brother. I really like this film, and uh, I thank Richard for choosing it, because it had been a while since I'd seen it, uh, and I really liked refreshing myself on it. I really liked the role of Scott Wilson. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, th I thought he was fantastic, and what I liked about it was just so nonchalant about murder. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, now you got to get to this point. Oh, but back when I did it in the 70s, boy, you had to work for it. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> laughing my ass. The <laughs> shredding of the, the carrots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the advice to people. Yeah. Run your ass off. Don't stop. <laughs> and, and they were obviously, I mean, one of the things I wrote down is, is this a shot at the predictability of slashers? Or is it a shot at the state of slashers at that point? Like, are they trying to make an ironic statement? I think the they film? were. I think they were. I think they were going for that whole scream. You know how scream made it that whole tropish. Yeah, the tropish. Yeah, tropish. I, I feel like that's what they did with this. But as you said, Richard, tactfully, they didn't. They didn't disgrace it. They didn't. No. You know, throw it in your I face mean, and say no. They did it tastefully. But but the other wrote note I wrote about two two notes later is it's also a love letter to slasher. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Hell that's, yeah. that's absolutely. I I got a kick out of uh, Leslie explaining the weapon is the penis or cock. <laughs> <laughs> the cock. I burst out laughing when I. <laughs> She's going to grab my man. <laughs> oh my god! Really? 
you know. But is that you know, not the truth though? That is every slasher movie was the fact that the the final girl, because she was typically the virgin, was grabbing the manhood, so to speak. I'm just saying. All I thought about was body double. <laughs> Anytime I think of body double, I'm doing good. God, it's such a... <laughs> <Yeah>. <sighs> now, there's another film we could have a debate on, but we'll, you know, we'll say that. <laughs> but I also liked how, at a certain point, he goes, okay, shit's going to get real. I'd like to thank you. This is our last chance that we can communicate. Right. <laughs> he, like, he's very about fact about it. You know, it's, it's, you know, this is a transaction. You're here for a purpose. You know, get out if you want. Keep on, you know. Um... I'll just say that there's a nice final kill. I won't say who. There's <laughs> a nice final kill. Yes. <laughs> and, and and I love the use of psycho killer. Probably actually the only time I liked hearing so that, that song was on those end times. I've never been a It worked so well there. When it happened, I kept the credits going. I, I don't know what I was doing. I was picking up something. I was yelling at Ella. Whatever I was doing. And the song kept going where they were just watching that guy from a security <laughs> camera footage or whatever it was doing. Love it. Then he gets to have his Hannibal Lecter moment. Yeah. It's pretty wild. I like that. <laughs> you know, did did you guys like the turn, you know, when he went from, hey, I'm kind of Jim Carrey a little bit, and the moment she said his real name, uh, the way he pushed her against the van and everything? Mm-hmm. Just that moment. Uh, did you like that? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, this yeah, is wild. Yeah, I mean, there, there was a certain points where this straddled the, I wouldn't say comedy, but there was definitely a dark comedy element to this film. Oh, a lot oh, of it. Definitely. Yeah. There was no, but again, Love Letter, they had all the tropes. As a horror fan that we are, you know, we kind of knew where it was going, but it put a few little twists in it. It, it was, it's a really good example of a modern slasher horror film. Yeah. Especially by the time you get to the finale, when uh, the one cameraman, his name's escaping me, uh, you know, but when he's, you know, he's kind of trying to reason with Leslie, it's like, it's me, man, it's me. You know, he really thinks, okay, you're not going to kill me. And he does. Oh, you're yeah. talking about Doug. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, it's just me as he's laying on the ground crawling <laughs> for his life. <laughs> yeah. So much fun, man. This movie, I mean, it's a 10 for me. This movie's a 10. Like, there's nothing you can do to improve it. There's nothing that hurts it. Like everything note for note is on the comedy's perfect. The horror's perfect. The acting is, is outstanding. You even get Zelda Rubenstein for crying out loud as the librarian. Uh, you get her little speech. Uh, it's just it's so freaking good. Like so good. And if you watch, I have the D I got to get the Blu-ray screen factory, put this out and I still don't own that and kick my ass for that. Uh, I do have the DVD that anchor Bay put out, uh, but they do have a bonus feature where they did the, um, they basically did the uh, readings trying to find the lead actress. So they had three different girls come in and do the part and they're showing, uh, of course, they're showing uh, Nathan Basil do his part, and then the girl's trying to act with them. And they clearly chose the right person. The other two girls, just not saying they were bad, but if you watch the screen test, you're like, yeah, they chose the right one. Uh, oh, yeah. By the time you get to the finale, you know, and yeah. she, you know, she does like the Ripley thing, you know, she <laughs> throws their sweater off, and she's, you know, she's got a toned arms and everything, yeah. and she's got the axe. I mean, she pulls it off really well. I love it. I love that. You got your Ahab. I was going to say, 
The other element that I liked that uh, I don't know if you guys brought it up was at certain points you weren't sure if uh, what was going on was real or was it part of Le- Leslie's imagination? Mm. Like you, you, know, you had that element of is this reality or is this literally somebody's fictitious film? Yeah. You know, you had you had that element of it. And and the other thing is, to, I don't know about you guys, I thought to to me Leslie figured this is all theater, like it's theater of the bizarre. Mm-hmm. Everything that he's planning out, it's almost like, you know, like a stage play. This happens now, and then this is going to happen, and then this is going to... I wouldn't <laughs> say it's scripted, but it is kind of scripted. Yeah. Choice, man. I'm glad you chose this, because literally, if, if you're going to pit something against the burning and try to give me uh, an explanation of why the 2000s were better than the 1980s, you definitely come with a heavy hitter. I would be, like, hard-pressed to say... Yeah, but this one's hard-pressed, I mean, because I absolutely fucking love this movie to a fault, almost. Uh, so, yeah, good choice. Was Robert Englund playing his best, hammiest Donald Pleasant? Oh, he was doing great. He was, doing <laughs> he was so wonderful, man. So great. How, how great was the little cameo of freaking Jason Voorhees himself, you know, of course, Kane Hodder, <laughs> Walking into the Elm Street house of all crime things. I'm like, what? And he, and he looks around like, get off my lawn. Yeah, get, get off, off my lawn, man. <laughs> get off my lawn. There's such great stuff, man. Like, this is a definite love letter to all us 80s slasher fans. This was that love letter. That was that movie that, I don't know, the writer was probably like, man, one of the biggest geeks like us. And it was like, yeah, let's let's do this. Yeah, it's unfortunate, Uh because Glosserman, I, I guess, again, a lot of the credit, you know, street cred went to, to Hatchet when it got its theatrical release and behind the mask didn't. Uh, he's only done one movie since then, and it, it's a Canadian kind of teenage slasher flick. Mm-hmm. I can't find a copy of it. Um, but that's all he's done. You know, usually you think he would end up writing something or just parlay it into some other jobs. But unfortunately, no, like, no. I was looking him up. Like he did like some Ferrari commercials and different car commercials as videos. I'm like, damn. Uh, well, it's kind of like Tony Malum. I, I didn't, I, I made a point and I, I forgot to talk about him. A gentleman who directed the burning, uh, same thing. Very little work. He did a lot of documentaries, a lot of commercials, and he directed one other outstanding horror sci-fi movie, uh, split second. With Rugger Hauer, which I oh, I haven't seen that, that in a movie. long time. Yeah, mm. so he's a talented filmmaker, and I'm just surprised a producer didn't say, "Hey, I love the burning. I love Split Second. Come do this for me." Exactly. Well, and good. I would st- love to see Glosserman do something else. You know, on this level, I mean, who knows? Maybe another few years down the line, it will get enough of a cult status. Maybe they could do a legacy sequel, if you will. You know, uh, everyone looks great still. You know, so you never yeah. know. Absolutely. Hell yeah. So good stuff there, man. Appreciate you choosing that. So uh, that has been our reviews, our full reviews. We're still going to get into some other stuff. Plus, we've got our voicemails. Um, stay tuned. Three, two. All right, here we come back with some voicemails. we got one here from Anthony R. Let's see what Anthony R. has got for us. Hey, Creepers. This is Anthony R. Just, just inside of Louisville, Kentucky. I'm I'm here on location uh, in this glorious, amazing city. I was very excited that um, my hope was to uh, maybe be the first ever 
triple becker inside of the Jim Beam distillery. But I arrived at the Jim Beam distillery too late and they closed. So instead of standing in the gift shop and doing a, a non-shot call, I figured I would um, wait until I got back to the, the lovely Econo Lodge in downtown Louisville to give a call in and do a, do a shot to, to everyone uh, to express love. And right here I got a, I got a shot of, of Old Forester. Old Forester is pride of pride of Kentucky bourbon, and this this city is like it's it's like swimming in bourbon. So I'm just gonna give a cheers, and here we go. Love you all. <laughs> Love you too. Down the hatch. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's too smooth. I didn't even feel that go down my throat, but it was down there. And yeah, that's. Um, I'm gonna call back later. I'm gonna with the, with some with some movies and films. <laughs> I believe the 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 topic this week is 80s horror versus 2000s horror. And it, it, it seems like it's a loaded a loaded topic, a loaded question at the beginning. But I'm just if I, my question right off before I, next time I call, it'll probably be at another time, another day. But I did want to pose the question: Is Freddy a splasher? Because he's like fingers, and he's all slashy with his fingers. So it was Freddy a slasher. And also, right off the top of my head, as a 2000 slasher, high tension uh, comes up there because French are all new wavy and coming in there. Um, I'm going to call back later. I'm going to bench myself. And I just wanted to call in from Louisville and say hey. And, 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 and also, bye. <laughs> I think that Forrester was kicking his ass. Yeah, he might not feeling it. He might not want to admit it, but I think it kicked your ass there, Anthony. <laughs> I'm just gonna say I, I think that was the uh, the wild turkey of 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 drinks right there, and the fact it was in Kentucky too, right, Pastor Matt? Yes, sir. Uh, let's go to his uh, next call. See what he got for us. Hey, creepers! This is Anthony R. Just inside of Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I, I, I believe I called last night. Um, I, I might have called from an Econo Lodge. Right now, I am at a uh, distillery in downtown Louisville called the Rabbit Hole. Why am I calling from here? It's uh, you know I'm in the last stop of a, of a bourbon tour. This is this is it, and in honor of. I guess the rabbit holes that you guys go down all the time, which I love to go down with you. <laughs> and, you know, I drank a lot of bourbon over, uh, over these last few days. It might be cursing, uh, through my veins for a while now. And, and the one thing that keeps coming up today is they got this thing that's called the Kentucky hug. I feel like I'm, I'm a southerner now. Cause every time you got that, you take your first step of bourbon is a Kentucky hug. And it's kind of like the LOTC hug, where we get a little hug when I hear the sound of your voices. And I'm just going to hear cheers, salute, um, at this, this, this rabbit hole distillery bar, kind of, I can almost see the, the Ohio River, very brown river. And, and cheers. I'm drinking a, I'm drinking a very, a very swanky rabbit hole rye right now. So cheers to, to all of you. Cheers. Oh, oh my lord. 
<laughs> don't know if that if that if you heard that about that. Oh, I um, heard it <laughs> again. Apologies if I'm repeating myself, but the, I don't know if I can if I can do a versus of the '80s slashes because slashes because it's, 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 it's the '80s it's the slashers. But I, I you know just to highlight a couple of the 2000s, just throw them out there because it's just endless of '80s slashers. But what I feel like in the 2000s. There were some splashes that were like tried and true that were, 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 were doing their thing and there were some new spins. The French extremes we had inside frontiers, frontiers. Those could be considered splashes, high tension. Uh, Wolf Creek, I, I like out of Australia and Aussie splasher. That, that's a great, like a Bushman, something we never saw before. I love that movie and the Hatch series. And uh, another little little wacky, weird, you know, like more of a straightforward is Malevolence. I've seen the Malevolence. I believe it's a trilogy. I've, I've only seen the first. I meant to see the others, but yeah, that's all. I might just. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go bench myself a callback because I'm gonna. I, I was told I'm not supposed to shoot bourbon. You're supposed to sip it. Well, I'm just gonna gulp it. <laughs> Uh, love you all. Peace and love. Peace and love. And yeah. Man, who sips bourbon? Come on, man. You chug that <laughs> shit. Man, come on now. Man, it's got to be a Kentucky thing. Come on. Come on now. You got to chug it. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, I like that he brought up uh, Frontiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frontiers. Uh, I haven't seen that one for a while. I was happy he brought up uh, Malevolence. Uh, I, that's definitely a slasher movie. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's got that from dust till dawn thing, you know, where you start off and it kind of playing out like a crime movie. And then all of a sudden you're in a slasher flick. Mm-hmm. And the follow up, Bereavement, is really good too. Yeah, both of those. I was going to say Bereavement as well, if you didn't mention it, that uh, both of those are solid. Uh, three, three, unfortunately, suffered due to production costs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't have the funding. And the uh, lead act, one of the lead actors from the first two movies, the the gentleman who played the FBI agent died. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it really threw off his plans for the third film. And the third one's still really good. You know, it, it's it's a good slasher movie. Yeah. But those first two, I think, very underrated. I, I actually got to see Malevolence in the theater when it came out. And that it was just a fun movie to watch. Nice. Awesome. Uh, let's see here. Let's go to... Uh... This one. Let's go to this one. <laughs> the hell? What the Christ? What is I think that? I know this is. Yeah. <laughs> enough now? Enough? <laughs> Unknown caller. <laughs> Forty years of slashers. Forty years. Right in my wheelhouse, really. When I think about it, I mean for for obvious reasons. <laughs> Very obvious reasons, but also for the fact that since I'm forty nine, I have grown up with all forty years of this, and I am looking forward to talking about it. So I'll formulate my thoughts and uh, very good topic. I really like this one because it's tough. I mean, each 20-year period has its gems and its progressiveness and its 
uh, you know, sometimes homages, but also new things in both. Uh, obviously, the 80s and 90s were just amazing. 80s more than the 90s. 90s had some good stuff. I love Scream. Uh, I don't think it's going to make my list. I think there's a couple that I like better that I just enjoy. I know Scream will be on a lot of people's lists, but I don't know if it's going to make it. I don't know through 40 years if Scream will be on there. It will be close. It's edging on five. But, yeah, I mean, I love Scream when I saw it. It blew me away, but I, there are just other slashers that I am far more in love with. And uh, I will say that I think that Terrifier 2 may make the list, which is crazy that something that new... Oh, wait, Terrifier 2 can't be on there. That's right. Oh, that's right. It's only till, it's only till 2020. Oh, no. So no Terrifier 2. Okay, good. Okay, good. Well, Scream may make the list now. We'll find out. Uh, yeah, sorry. I had to edit my mind there for a second. Anyway, I love you guys. I will call back. I will call back this time. I didn't call back last time. I was up to my knees and some stuff like I usually am. Um, I... Um, anyway... Let's not get into all that. Let's just not talk about it. Love you guys. Love what you do. Thanks for keeping horror alive. And uh, I'm not a lawyer. I, I don't know. I haven't listened to fully to the whole last episode, so i got to listen. I don't know if there's a guest or not, but I'll try and listen to it before I call back. So you guys are wonderful. And I need to get back to a situation. <laughs> oh my god i was like what the hell is going on right now <laughs> did somebody call no, from the grocery I like store was vague a situation up to my knees and stuff mm. like he doesn't give you anything no nope. <laughs> yeah. nope. no he doesn't nope uh let's see uh let's go to this one right here hey land of the creeps it's Corey chambers another sunday morning calling in about um this interesting topic of 40 years worth of horror, uh, 80 through 99 and 2000 through 2020 of, um, slashers. And as I was looking over, like I was looking through the movies of each, um, of each, uh, decade, um, I'll just say it. I prefer the 80 through 99 era. Um, I think that's when we got all the original big franchises, barring like the seventies giving us Halloween. Um, but you know, it's, we got Jason, we got Freddy, we got, uh, Chucky. Um, and you know, if you, I'd say if you ask just like a, you know, Joe Blow, somebody who doesn't know horror, just ask him off the street to name a horror franchise. I think Friday the 13th would be probably one of the first things that people would think of. Maybe Halloween and Michael Myers, but um, I think Jason is like the one of the most well-known. So that's why, you know, I think the, the, eight, the early 80s. I think when we started getting into the later um, era, then it started getting kind of the weaker of the, the later movies. Um, but, um, and then we kind of faded out in the early 90s with the, the later Friday 13th and later um, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Um, but then um, in 
94, we got Wes Craven's New Nightmare, and that kind of jumped it up again. And then, of course, two years later, he Wes Craven would bring us um, Scream, which just gave a huge jolt to uh, the, the horror genre itself. It really brought it back. And then we had uh, the ones that kind of wanted to copy that with um, I Know What You Did Last Summer and Urban Legend, which I, I like both those movies. Um, and then we get into the 2000s, and as I was going through, like I was going through every year, and I realized that a lot of these, I a lot of those early, there's a lot of ones in 2000 I had never seen. I didn't even know um, about them. Um, but then we get the later, slightly later 2000s, and it just seems like it's just remakes. Um, these are some of the ones that I was seeing, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, which I don't remember if I... She got cut off. Let's go to her second one here. Okay, I got benched. <laughs> um, anyway, I was talking about they, in the 2000s, we had a lot of... Um, remakes uh like i mentioned takes a chance on massacre which not great but i didn't mind obviously nothing like the original um some more house of wax the hills have eyes which wasn't bad uh black christmas which i don't remember if that's a remake or a sequel to the amazing original but it didn't need to be made um rob zombie's halloween not a big fan. I don't think we needed a backstory to uh, Michael Myers, and uh, I just think the original didn't need to be touched. Uh, April Fool's Day, Prom Night, My Bloody Valentine, which actually isn't that bad. I always enjoy looking at Jensen Ackles. Uh, <laughs> Friday the 13th remake, which wasn't bad, but again, it, it's not better than the original, and the awful A Nightmare on Elm Street Um but some of the uh, later slashers that I did actually enjoy um, would be ones like, I think, uh, Happy Death Day was actually really good. Loved that concept. Um, Haunt, Hellfest. The later screams, actually, like um, Scream 4 was, I think, great. I just recently have been going through those movies, and they hold up. Um, I think The Silent Night kind of remake is actually pretty good all hollows eve where we first got out the clown and then how we're seeing that kick off with terrifier and terrifier 2 um the later halloween halloween 18 and halloween uh kills um and i'll just not say anything about halloween ends and just if you like it <laughs> great anyway i'm gonna give a my top five each year or each, not each year but um, between 80 and 99. Um, okay, I know, Bill, you hate ties, but you can't <laughs> talk about the 80s slashers and not bring up Friday the 13th. And if you did that, you would just be, I would just be talking about all Friday the 13th. So I'm going to say I have a tie for Friday the 13th for number five of 80 through 99, of one through four, and number six. And I would say the order I enjoy them would be Three, one, two, four, six. Uh, number four, Child's Play. Uh, number three, Candyman, which I didn't mention earlier, but I really love that movie. Um, not the second or third one, though. 
I uh, love the the recent one though. Uh, <laughs> She's getting bitched again. So let's go to her third card. Uh oh. <laughs> okay, last bench. I swear. Um, I don't remember where I was at, so I'll just say uh, number two for my top five is eighty three ninety nine. Is Scream. Like I said, I'm going through, and the original is just fantastic. And number one, obviously, my favorite horror movie. Wes Craven's 1984, Nightmare on Elm Street. Always going to be my favorite. Um, an honorable mention to uh, Evil Dead Trap from 1988, which is a Japanese one. Um, just a warning, there is a pretty graphic rape scene in that, so just if you watch that, just know that's there. Um, for my top five for 20 through 2020, um, Happy Death Day. Um, Haunt, um, Halloween 2018, uh, another tie, sorry, Bill, Curse and Cult of Chucky. And uh, for my number one, I chose Scream 4. Like I said, I just rewatched it, and I just I just really enjoyed it. Um, I want to have a dishonorable mention. Uh, one that is just awful is... Um, I think it's oh, 2006. I'll always know what you did last summer. That is hands down the worst movie that I've ever seen in my life. That is to me what uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4 is is to Dave. I, in fact, I would actually happily watch Matthew McConaughey with his mechanical steampunk whatever leg, you know, doing whatever he's doing in that movie over ever watching. Um, I'll always know ever again. Anyway, that's all I wanted to talk about. Um, can't wait to hear the episode. Uh, Rash for all day, Bill, and uh, hope y'all are doing great. Can't wait to hear the episode. Bye. <laughs> her chainsaw massacre for day. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I love her list, man. She's got a lot of great choices. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I really like she's the second person I think who's mentioned Scream 4 which I think anyone who didn't like that theatrically should watch it one more time especially after part 5 mm -hmm. and I think you're going to have a whole new appreciation for it it actually holds up really well it's got a lot of great moments to it Yeah, and, and that inspired me that um, she talked about a dishonorable mention <laughs> uh, Josh, well, uh, one of the worst films I've ever seen and I always say watch a movie Make your own decision. Don't just listen to me. But the remake of April Fool's Day. Oh, oh my God. That is God horrendous. That's <laughs> terrible. Like the first one was no masterpiece, but it looked like Citizen Kane compared oh to. Oh, my God. You are not lying. That was filmed in Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, my oh, God. Yes. Are, are you in the background as an extra? Uh, no, no. I would. If I was, I would be uncredited. I would not put my name on that. <laughs> <laughs> I would have totally pulled a, a Smitty on that one. <laughs> he would have been Alan Smitty. Yeah. Yes. It would have been Dave. Just hang around the craft services table. Woof. God, that movie. April Fool's Day and, and Prom Night, I think, fight it out to be like worst possible <laughs> remake ever made. Uh, did you see the remake of Jacob's Ladder? No. Uh, I turned it off like after 20 <laughs> minutes or so. I'm like, yeah, I'm done. This is <laughs> I got better things to do, you know, stare out the window, whatever. <laughs> What's paint dries, Dave says. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anything. And it's so weird because it's like, if you're going to make a, a remake, you're obviously wanting to capitalize off the money or the notoriety of the original film. 
so why do the complete opposite of what that movie was? I, I don't understand it. It defies all logic. You know, it's like, hey, make me a hamburger that's like McDonald's, and then you get something that's like it's from Seven Eleven. It's like, no, I asked you to make me this. <laughs> I, I don't understand why they made the films like that. Like Prom Night, I don't even think I finished that one the first time because hmm. I, I, you know, I rented it on video. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's check this out. It's PG-13, but okay, fine. I did. I think I turned it off like 30 minutes in. I'm like, did they watch the original? Yeah, I, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, let's, uh, let's go to uh, Derek Johns here. What's up, Land of the Creeps? This is Derek Johns from Canada Calling. I do recall a couple episodes ago that somebody said I was a teacher, though. I'm not a teacher. I work in a factory. Just to clear that up, maybe I said something before that maybe led somebody to think I was a teacher. But I'm calling in for the new episode of uh, the Slashers from the 80s and the Slashers of the 2000s. We've been talking a lot about the Slashers from the 80s, and we're going to continue. So I figured I'd just kind of leave that one alone. I do prefer them over the 2000s, of course, but... I'll give you some of my favorites from the 2000s, starting with The Strangers and The Strangers Pray at Night, which I absolutely love. I think that's a super underrated movie. Uh, Friday the 13th remake, which I, and the bloody, My Bloody Valentine, both in the same year. Both awesome movies to me. House of Wax, Black Christmas. I know a lot of people don't like that movie, but it's a good slasher, high body count. Uh, Valentine is another really good one. Um, Ripper Letter from Hell was also a pretty good movie. But two of my favorites from there are High Tension, if that's considered a slasher. And uh, one that I find reminds me a lot of 80 slashers is Cherry Falls. And that was my list there. And uh, I don't know if I said Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning. I'm not sure if that categorizes in the slashers or the chainsaw movies do, but it's a great one too with a lot of high body count and gore. Um, and just to let everybody know, I finally watched uh, the, uh, oh man, I lost the Beyond. Finally watched that movie from 1981. Thought it was really good. A lot of gore. Um, I give it a 7.5 and my favorite scenes in that movie was the spiders it was amazing okay <laughs> love everybody there keep up the great work uh greg bill dave and pearl till next time bye the beyond dave i'm, I'm man anybody that watches that movie i'm i'm so happy oh <laughs> yeah me too i love that film such a good one. Good list. Such a, such a strong yeah. film. Such a good list. Keep them coming, Derek. Whether you work in a school, your factory, whatever, right. your opinion counts here. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. Did we have Victoria call back again? I don't You hey, tell me. You've got Victoria, the one with the damn tapes. <laughs> something I thought of. Um, one last movie I wanted to mention. Um, I'm going to make it quick. I'm at work. Um, so it is a little movie. It is a the 1984 James Cameron directed, starring what at that time would have been the future governor okay. of California. The Terminator is not a slasher. I just wanted to mess with you. Hope you guys are doing great. Love y'all. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I knew I loved Victoria. I knew she was right on it, right? She she knows her stuff. <laughs> yep. See there, Jay of the Dead. 
I think we're going to energize Jay actually because he's going to come out and say, "All right, I'm going to go into detail again." Why? Yeah. Obviously, a slasher movie. Oh my god. Fully expect a phone call, Greg. Oh my god, Jay the Dead, I love you, but do not come back with your walk like a duck, quack like a duck bullshit. I don't want to hear it. It's wrong. (laughs) I love you, Jay. I love you, brother. He's such a good. What was that slasher movie that the ducky? New York Ripper. Oh, okay. New York yeah. Ripper. Yep. Quack, quack, quack. Quack, quack. And that's on that edge. Is that the Giallo it's stalker oh, it's, slasher? Maybe a little bit more like a Giallo, but mm-hmm. it's damn near a slasher, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, let's go to Brian Scott. Let's see what old Brian Scott brings us. No, you weren't last, Brian. <laughs> Gotta love that boy, man. All right, let's see what he's got. Hey guys, it's Brian Scott, horror movie fanboy on Twitter. <laughs> Y'all know me. I'm stuck in the 80s, so it's all about 80s slashers. But no one wants to hear me rant about 80s slashers. That's all I ever do. So how about let's highlight some 2000 to present slashers. Because there's some really good ones out there. I, I am a fan of these. One of the best is... And there was a lot of remakes of 80 slashers that came out in the 2000s. And one of them was uh, Maniac with Elijah Wood. Yeah. Man, those POV scenes when he's scanning the streets for his victims are so creepy. It's almost like the Terminator when he's, like, driving around. You know that slasher movie, The Terminator, Greg Amortis? <laughs> Man. Shut up, Brian. Really good scenes in that one. How about Adam Green's Hatchet series? Ooh, baby. Oh, yeah. Great movies there. And then we got Terrifier. Gotta love the two Terrifier movies. Can't wait to see what the next ones are like. And then a movie uh, that jumped in my third place on my Christmas slasher list. Right behind Black Christmas and Silent Night, Deadly Night. We got Christmas Bloody Christmas from Joe Bagos. That was a fantastic Christmas slasher. And then what about Happy Death Day to Me? And then we got um, Halloween 2018 and Kills, some good slasher movies there. And then Rob Zombie's Halloween. I'm going to champion that (laughs) till I die. (laughs) And then we got Fear Street 1978. It was a great installment in that trilogy. That 1978 camp slasher Mm -hmm. was fantastic. And then X, my favorite movie from last year. Gotta love X. And then we got Gutterballs, 2006 or 8, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was 8. But Gutterballs, man, that's a nasty movie. What a nasty movie, but a good one. It has a lot of throwback to practical effects of the 80s slashers. American Psycho, all the way back in 2000. Great one. Leslie Vernon, Behind the Mask. I rarely hear this one brought up. I know everybody's seen it, but if you haven't, man, run and see this very original slasher movie, Behind the Mask. I really liked Vacancy. That was such a creepy plot. Imagine staying at that hotel. And then Jay the Dead. Get better, buddy, because I know you like this movie, The Jackals. And then Greg Mortis, one of his favorites, The Strangers. Hear that knock, you better run. And then we got Christy, 
a Thanksgiving Day slasher, Christy, that me and Bill the Butcher and Nathan covered on a Fam Zowsi Thanksgiving episode a couple years ago. Really good one. So, but even though I listed all modern slashers, my vote's going to go to, obviously, the 80s. The 80s wins it for me. 80s slashers all day long. There was 324 slasher movies made in the 80s. And I'm I'm about halfway through that list and can't wait to see the rest. So, great episode, guys. And LOTC for life. <laughs> I love you, Brian Scott, but you just got demoted, buddy, for doing that whole whole freaking Terminator thing again, damn it. <laughs> I love you, though, dude. I love you. Love you. I like Brian, that Brian okay. mentioned uh, Christy. That, that's actually a really good flick. I've seen that a couple yeah. times. Yeah. That was a that was a really good film. I and talking about uh, Brian, yes, Brian. See, you you and me are so similar. We're the only ones who brought up gutter balls. Way to go, Brian! <laughs> it, it is it, it is you know if you're sensitive to uh, uh, female violence or you know you're more on the um, woman's liberation side of things, uh, don't watch this film. Just, just don't. But uh, it's it's really bloody. Boy, is it bloody. But I love uh, Brian because in the room the other day, I, I messaged him. He just watched one that nobody's brought up, American Gothic. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. And, and that's a that's a, a Rod Steiger in a row. Yeah, Rod Steiger see. and, um, yeah. Wow. You don't see very often. And that's a good no. little film. Yeah, love it, love it, love it. All right, Brian, I, you redeemed yourself for bringing out some good choices there, buddy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, still not a slasher. All, all he's trying to do is make Jay's uh, spirits better. This is true. Okay, okay, I give him that. All right. Jay, for this one minute, I'm going to give you a little bit. I love you, brother. But still wrong. Uh, still wrong. <laughs> still wrong. It, it must be bad to be wrong all the time. It's all right, Jay. I love you, brother. All right, let's go. <laughs> He is such a good I love player, all man. the times that he's right and we hold the one Halloween reference. Exactly. <laughs> he's right so like 99% of the time. It's like, yeah. no, no, Jay. No, yeah. no Jay, you can't do that. Can't go. But you agree with me all the rest of the time. Yeah, the there you go. <laughs> it's, it's, it's horrible. All right, let's go to this one. All right. This is Greg from Ohio. <laughs> and, uh, man, this is such an ambitious subject i think that this could be a legendary length it's not going to reach the nine hours but boy i have a feeling that a lot of calls will be coming in and i'm i I actually took some notes so i can keep it concise i'm already rambling that's okay but (laughs) you know so the year span of 80 to 99 1980 to 1999 some of my favorites were the ones that i listed some of the ones that when I saw them, they had, uh, you know, they're not great by all means, but yet they're just fun watches. And overall, they really just play on a lot of these multiple themes of enjoyment, especially when it came to slashers. And I also wanted to try to go outside the box and maybe pick uh, a few that other people didn't pick. But, of course, I'm going to start off with Scream from 1996. And this is one of those that, you're on one side of the coin or the other. Uh, having watched a wide variety of horror from 1990 as a decade, this movie really came at a key moment in 
horror cinema and cinema in my cinematic life, you know, 1996, December, this little movie came out and it blew my mind apart. And it was one of a few movies that I actually had the opportunity to turn around and get back in line and see it a second time right after because I was so blown away. This movie is awesome. Uh, Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives. This movie is that in the series where it knows what it has, it knows what it's got, it brings everything back to the table, and, I mean, it, it, it rocks. It's just a cool, fun movie that I think anybody can see. Of all the Jason movies, it's definitely the one that could be an entry for any anybody uh, to the series. You don't really, at that time, you didn't really need to know who Jason was and whatever Jason is, uh, because this has everything. He's resurrected. He's zombie Jason. He's back. He, he's back. And it's awesome. Uh, and it's, and it's just a favorite of mine and, and I know of others. Um, let's go with Nightmare on Elm Street 3. This is when I feel like this series, like many, it has its foothold. This might be the, the superior movie in the whole uh, franchise. But that's my personal reflection, but I still would put number one ahead of it. But number three, it really upped the ante, uh, like how slashers do. So it's cool. All right, Bench is going to bench himself. Let's go to a second <laughs> call. <laughs> Let's see. This is Craig from Ohio. So maybe the title of this episode should be Land of the Creeps, episode 311. Uh, Battle of the Slashers from 1980 to 2020. Uh, everybody gets benched. Yeah, let's do that. Everybody gets benched in this episode because there's just no way. I, I want to see if anybody can actually do it within three minutes. I hope somebody can. I can't. I'm talking at a very rapid rate. And I've already eaten up almost a whole minute. So let's just keep this rolling. Let's go back to, you know, so I've already had Jason Lives. Scream and Nightmare 3, uh, Urban Legend. I know that this is an oddball pick, and I, I, I and I did that on purpose because at this moment, this was when uh, Scream and it was in full steam and all the copycats, and yet you have this little twist with Urban Legend, and I'm not going to spoil the movie, but it does have this twist where it also incurs urban legends, which sounds very dorky, but yet to put that spin, because it's not just one, but it's multiple urban legends, and that's where I feel like the basis of slashers has always kind of relied. Not all of them, but a good chunk of them are based on urban legends or local legends, and it ends up being like, like Cropsy. I mean, I almost did the burning, but then I was like, no, 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 no. Urban legend, and it's it's popcorn cinema. It's great. It's gentle on the eyes, and, but it's a lot of fun, and it's a great slasher. And and then the final one along those lines is Ice, I C E D from 1989. Ice. This movie is ridiculous on so many levels, and I love it. I want this movie to be in. Blu-ray, 4K, whatever, Justin Bean needs to get a hold of this movie and make magic happen. I think everybody needs to see this movie. It's, it's, it's not bottom of the barrel slasher, but it's at the end of that decade of the 80s. 
at its pinnacle decade for slashers, and this is the complete opposite, and yet it's, it's such a fun watch. It's horror in the winter. There's blood. There's, there's fun and great jump scares and ice. And I'm already almost out of time, but let's just get going on the next list for the next set of decades. And, you know, this list, I'm going to go with Halloween 2018. This revived the franchise for, for me, let alone. I mean, everybody loves Rob Zombie. Well, no, not everybody. Again, it's a divisive one. I'm not a big Rob Zombie Halloween fan. Uh, he bitches himself again. Let's go to his third well, I was going to say, I'm, I'm glad he brought up Ice because somebody has to love that film. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're in the next 20-year span of the 2000s. And I, of course, went with Halloween 2018, and I just started rambling. But, yeah, it, it's, uh, I don't know. It just delivered a lot of the goods. It was a cool concept. And it kind of revived the, the franchise for a lot of individuals, not just for myself, but for many. Uh, there was a good span of, well, 20 years there where things were a little rough. Um, I liked H2O, uh, but others laughed at it. Uh, Resurrection was, well, it, it, nothing can resurrect that one. It's, it's a fun watch, but only if you're watching the series as a whole. Uh, and, of course, like I said, Rob Zombie, I have my own personal reflections on it. It's just not my thing, and I, you know, but I have my own uh, reasons why, and that's fine. Nothing nothing bad, but it's just not for me. And if you guys, if anyone out there can, can find the enjoyment, you know, cool. You know, because I'll battle you out against Rob Zombie versus Halloween Ends, because Halloween Ends is a really a good movie, and I think that uh, it, it's not on my list to be mentioned for this, but, yeah, I, I'm throwing it out there. Uh, I, I will defend Halloween Ends, and uh, there's plenty of other examples. But I'm trailing off. Let's go with another one, Friday the 13th, the remake. And the reason why I have this on my list, again, it, 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 it tried something new with the franchise, and I think that it just was over-ambitious. I think that they needed to dial it back a little bit, uh, keep things a little bit more simple, and not try to be so tongue-in-cheek, ha, 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 look at us, we're Friday the 13th kind of this stuff. Um, but yet it, it's it's one that I don't mind watching and getting engaged with and, and you know, sure, it, get the popcorn ready and watch it, and, you know, it's Jason. You know, it's, it's the kid, it's the guy that I grew up, seeing the commercials on television and getting absolutely freaked out by, you know, a 45-second commercial or a 30-second radio spot or a minute-and-a-half commercial or whatever I can get my little peepers on. Um, and then we go back to Scream 5, and I felt like this was a, a, a redeemer, and they really brought a lot of good visuals. I know that this is not in the 2020, you know, the, the first 20 years, but you know what? I don't care. Scream 5. You know, had some good practicals, had some good computer, good general mix, and it really turned some things around for the franchise, in my eyes. Uh, and and it was just a fun watch. Um, and, of course, I'm going to be out of time, so one more call, and then I'll be back. But, uh, yeah. All right, let's go to <laughs> here. 
Greg from Ohio. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've called so many times I don't even know where I'm at in the message. Um, okay, so we have Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. This is an awesome movie, and I think everybody has seen it. And if not, go see it because this thing is uh, that self-referential uh, slasher movie that turns its head on its own. And it's just a fun watch. It's it's one of those things where you're you're having a good night with your friends. You've watched a couple movies. You've probably had some alcohol or other things to influence, you know, creative brain flow. And you start having these thoughts about how to deconstruct a slasher. And then you see Behind the Mask. And it's like somebody actually wrote this into a script and made it a successful movie. This is an awesome, awesome movie. And I have lots of heart for it. And speaking of heart, let's go to another self-ref, you know, one like this. I wanted to throw Tucker and Dale versus Evil, but I really had to go with The Final Girls. The Final Girls, this one is a great blend of horror and comedy, mostly comedy, and I get it. And so a couple on my list have a lot more comedic moments than horror moments, but... The Final Girls, I can't stress on how much this movie has so much heart and love, especially for the slasher genre. Go check it out. Enjoy the tropes being thrown around. It's hilarious. So, of course, here we are, and we need to figure out which was the best set of years. I'm going to go. It's the chicken and the egg kind of a syndrome. You're, there's really no loser on either front. But yet, I feel like without the 80s and 90s, specifically the 80s, but without the 80s and 90s, we wouldn't have the slashers that we know in this genre of 2000s on present day. It, it's just, you know, what Halloween and the Friday the 13th and what Tom Savini and all those guys out there were doing in the early 80s really blew everybody's mind apart, and they made this iconic and that's where I feel like we're at. Even the Terminator, you know, you know, Greg probably has to battle for the Terminator on this one, and, and that's fine. You know what? It's in there. It's in, it's in the it's in the ether. So I guess deal with it. But that's mine. 1980 to 1999 is the better selection. All right, can't wait to hear the episode. Talk later. Bam, coming in there, Greg, bitch. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, yeah, yeah, want to make sure we got all those in, I mean, delete them out so I don't replay them. Uh, good list, man, I mean, definitely brought some hitters in there for sure, and written, man, I'm telling you, the rise of Leslie Vernon, getting that love, man, getting the I love. I know, I'm so happy about that, and yeah. before we move on, Iced, I will say one thing about Iced, and that's when I was a teenager, I think I wore out the tape on the, the, the hot tub scene, which is the only reason to watch it, <laughs> yeah, but... But but I also like that he, he, he mentioned something very important, which, yeah, regardless if people like 2,000 slashers more, without the old school, without the originals, you wouldn't have the new stuff. Mm -hmm. No denying it. True. That is true. I mean, and that's that's kind of like, you know, flattery type thing, you know, you know as far as copying is a flattery. You wouldn't have had it without the 80s. So I'm just saying, just saying. Just throwing exactly. it uh, let's see here. Let's go to uh, the Unknown Caller right here. <laughs> unknown Caller. 
uh, calling at the last minute to give you my list that uh, <clears throat> I basically um, uh, really murdered over in my brain what would make it. And uh, I've decided to go with stuff that uh, I enjoy. Um, and it's it's my list, which is, you know, and you guys did the same exact thing. But, I mean, I know there's going to be things on here that people aren't, Gonna be filled with, filled with, there's, there are gonna be other things on here that everybody probably will have on their list, but, um, I narrowed it down. I mean, there are, I don't want to do honorable mentions, but, you know, things like The Prowler, you know, um, the first Art the Clown, the first Terrifier, some of the, some of that stuff almost made it very close, but I just went with the ones that I think, uh, either changed the game or just, were just true enjoyment all the way through. So number five is Scream. Uh, Scream, I mean, how could it not be on the list? I mean, it, it is, it is something. It, it, it really was groundbreaking. Um, I'm looking forward to the new one coming out in, in a few weeks. Uh, looks like they really are doing something different with it. That sounds, uh, that, that looks interesting. I shouldn't have watched the trailer, but it didn't look like it gave anything away. But anyway, Scream number five. Number four, I'm cheating. I apologize. Uh, all five of the Final Destination movies, number four. Um, they all work together. They all, they bookend well. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, make sure you watch all of them. Uh, nice little surprise at the end of the last one. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, just some of the most fun kills in movies ever. So, so much fun. I mean, the first one's a little, a little heavy, you know, it's a place that makes itself a little more serious, but the rest of them are just having a blast the entire way through. Number three, Intruder, because Intruder. I don't think I have to say anything else. It's Intruder. Number two. Um, I I really I really couldn't. I wanted to do something um, that was you know giallo or at least something inspired by that, some kind of Italian horror. And I just hemmed and hawed over which one, and I I came up with pieces because I just love pieces. I love it to pieces. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, so boy. pieces is my number two, and then number one. <laughs> It just, it, it is because it, it just hit me at the right time of my life, and I love it, and I think it's just fantastic follow-up to the first one, and it's awesome that it starts right after the first one ends, and I think it's the, I think it's the path I want to go for, fu- for the future, because as much as I did enjoy uh, the new, the new ones, um, they, they killed it with that, end, that last one, and that last one just ruined the whole thing for me, so... Halloween 2 from 1981. Oh, man, he got cut off, but he's giving Halloween 2. Let's finish it up. <laughs> Benched! <laughs> Number one, Halloween 2. Yeah, uh, and that will be my Halloween sequel of choice. Uh, and I will stick with those movies from now on. And so disappointed in the new one. Uh, Anyway, <laughs> so that's it. Me too. Uh, you know, a lot of other things in the burning, a lot of things, you know, we're, we're hanging around there. Um, New York Ripper, uh, you know, Maniac, the original Maniac, all that stuff. As far as which is the best decade, I think it's interesting how 80 through 90 was so strong with the slashers. It just was fantastic. I mean, I, I don't think you can say anything was better out of those 40 years. That we're talking about here 80 to 90 is just fantastic 
and you know the whole video nasty thing made it even more fun I think for people uh you know growing up in that time period my dad allowed me to watch whatever the heck I wanted to watch as long as it didn't have you know like massive massive sex scenes in it which is pretty funny I could watch somebody getting stabbed to death in any any any, any way and uh, it was that was okay um and then it's weird how like it's when in the 90s it kind of waned a little bit but we got scream out of that and you know that that franchise is still fairly strong and uh it, I can't believe it's still going it's great but you know it, be, between 90 and and 2010 it was it was murky it was it's weird how like 80s through 90 80s through 90 was super strong and kind of murky for 20 years and now we're now we're in uh you know when we got to, when we got to like 2010 to 2020 it was fantastic again like so much good stuff and it all lends itself to the stuff in the 80s so i think the 80s was probably the best that's my opinion uh, i do enjoy what's going out now i do like the homages that they have to everything from back then and uh that's enough of me rambling so love you guys love what you do uh thanks for keeping horror alive i can't wait to hear everybody's listen maybe find or hear about one that i haven't seen uh all righty Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. He is such. I, I, I think Shannon has created a whole monster unto herself. You think so? <laughs> well, everybody's bye. <laughs> I love that the the thoughts that he put out too, man. Like Halloween two, such a great film, especially as a sequel, man. Uh, and when you go into slashers, man, you cannot fault it, man. I love that choice. Uh, good stuff for unknown Kala. <laughs> Love it. And let's see here. We got uh, three more voicemails left. So let's go to, let's go to this. Let's go to Diego. That'll be a good one. Hi, friends. This is Diego from Argentina. I am recording this message because of the episode's theme, 80s slashers versus 2000s slashers. Uh, looking among my favorites from the 2000s, I can highlight uh, High Tension, an excellent slasher with an ending that shakes you up. Uh, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Ler Leslie Vernon, a very good analysis of the genre that we like so much. I can't for the love of God, I can't say genre. It's a super hard word for me. <laughs> uh, next one is uh, Inside, a French movie. It's a, a slasher or a, or is it home invasion or is it both? I don't know, but it's great. Uh, next one is uh, Terrifier, a franchise that entered the game stomping hard. I think it has a very bright future. Um, next one is uh, The Hatchet, uh, Victor, Victor Crowley series that mixes the slasher with the bit of comedy. Next one is uh, Malignant, a, a slasher so stupid is great. <laughs> uh, and the last one is uh, The Last Matinee. A very good slasher from Uruguay, which has a setting that reminds reminds me a lot of Buenos Aires, and and its theaters when I was younger. It's a very good movie. But 
even though there were very good slashers in the 2000s, the 80s for the slasher are unbeatable. I'm just going to say the names. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street, Stage Fright, The Burning, which I love, My Bloody Valentine, Friday, Friday the 13th, uh, Charles played Psycho 2, great sequels, uh, Pieces, Prom Night, Sleepaway Camp, Sorority House Massacre, Massacre, The Prowler, which is, I love that one too, and the list goes on forever. <laughs> you can't win 2000s, I'm sorry. Okay, that's all for me. I'm looking forward to hear everyone's favorite. Thanks for keeping horror alive. Or gracias por mantener el horror vivo. Bye. Dude, it is just so epic when he ends every voicemail, man. It's so freaking epic. I love that he brought up stage fright. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. AKA, yeah, a a, AKA Aquarius. You know, it's got a bit of that giallo feel. I, I believe it's Michael Suave directed it, but it's it's fantastic. I love that enclosed space. You know, everybody's in a single location. It's a, a riff on Agatha Christie's Ten Little Indians. It's fantastic. And one of the best costumes you're going to see. Anybody who hasn't seen Stage Fright, Trust Uncle Bill. Go check it out. <laughs> it's definitely entertaining, man. It's cool. Uh, let's go to our last two voicemails, and then we'll uh, pass around, and we'll finish this episode out. So let's go to uh... – <laughs> here we go. Uh-oh. All right, Land of the Creeks. I know that everybody's having a slashing good time with this episode. So uh, I – the gauntlet was thrown down to me. The challenge was – to be accepted by Pastor Matt himself, he uh, made a request. He wanted to hear a little Neil Diamond, a little America. Far, we've been traveling far without a home, but not without a star. Free, only want to be free. We huddle close, hang on to a dream. On the boats and on the plains, we're coming to America. Never looking back again, we're coming to America. Home, don't it seem so far away? Oh, we're traveling light today in the eye of the storm, in the eye of the storm. Home to a new and shiny place. Make our beds and we'll say our grace. Freedom's light burning warm. Freedom's light burning warm. Everywhere around the world, we're coming to America. Every time that flag's unfurled, we're coming to America. 
got a dream to take them there. They're coming to America. Got a dream they're come to share. They're coming to America. They're coming to America. They're coming to America. They're coming to America today. Today. All right, everybody. Respond with today. After this. My country. Tis of thee. Today. Sweet land of liberty. Today, oh, the I sing today, oh, the I sing today. This goes out to Pastor Matt today. Everybody enjoy the episode. Good God. <laughs> Pastor Matt getting today. <laughs> I'm See, glad I'm gone. I grew up in a household with lots of records and played the records, and my mom loved Neil Diamond. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I heard his greatest hits, uh, you know, all that jazz. All that. I would have gone with Beautiful Noise. Anybody who's ever heard Beautiful Noise by Neil Diamond knows that's a beautiful song. If I hear Cherry Cherry one more time in my lifetime, I'm going to throw these earphones. She's got the way to move me, Cherry. Who gives a fuck? I don't want, I know I don't. <laughs> <laughs> There's somebody out there that does, Bill. <laughs> yeah, his his accountant. That's yeah, that's right. Uh, so we got one more voicemail here. Let's go to this last one. All right, land of the creeps. This is Greg, and uh, I don't know. I was uh, inspired, I guess, but uh, I I have to uh, I have to uh, sing one more song, and that that one's gonna go go out to Jason Piles. I know that he's on the mend and he's been in the hospital in and out and uh we're we have all had our thoughts and prayers and and everything goes out to the old Jay Jay is dead because Jay is alive. This one goes out for you, Jason Piles. Almost heaven West Virginia Blue Ridge Mountains Shenandoah River Life is old there, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze. Everybody, country roads, take me home to the place I belong, West Virginia, mountain mama, take me home, country roads. All my memories gather round her, miners, ladies, stranger to blue water, dark and dusty, painted on the sky, misty taste of moonshine, teardrop in my eye, country roads, take me home to the place I belong. West Virginia, mountain mama, take me home, country roads. I hear her voice in the morning hours, she calls me. The radio reminds me of my home far away. 
Driving down the road, I get a feeling that I should have been home yesterday. Yesterday! Country roads take me home to the place I belong. West Virginia, Mount Mama, take me home. Country roads. And it keeps going, but that's that's enough of that. Uh, I I just it, it came on the radio and it just hit me. Jason Piles, West Virginia, Mountain Mama, all that. Uh, take take you home, and I'm just so glad that uh, that uh, everything went well, and I hope that everything just improves for you, Jason. And uh, we're all thinking of you. And this one went out to you, so we'll talk like. And there it is. That song always reminds me of Grandma, because my mom and was well, from West Virginia, and then, of course, Grandma. Uh, so that was one of her all-time favorite songs. Uh, I remember as a kid was that song. So every time I hear it, I always think of Grandma. I'm like, that was Grandma's song right there, boy. Oh, love it, love it, love it, love it. Good stuff, man. So here it is, Slashers. We've been having fun. We've been talking 80s. We've been talking all the way through to the 2000s. I think it's been... Other than Pearl, I think it's been pretty unanimous that the 80s won this <laughs> battle. Right, love? I had to be the oddball. You had to be the oddball, right? You're always, trying to, you're always trying to ruffle feathers, aren't you? Yeah. Are you the Jason Piles of this group? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Jason always likes to poke the bear, don't he? Uh, no, I've, I've enjoyed this thing, man. I'm telling you, Richard. Uh, anytime I get to talk slashers, I'm a happy camper anyways. But to have this and to break it down and... The two movies that we got to talk about was awesome, dude. I mean, you picked two of the best of each decade uh, or era. So, I mean, that was great. At least you didn't pick some kind of shit movie like Halloween Ends, and then I'd have been pissed. But, but, <laughs> but no, you picked a good one. You picked a good one, brother, and I appreciate that. Like, dude, you went out of the box, and I love it. Uh, let's pass it around. Let's go around and... Uh, as we give our final thoughts or if y'all got any more else to talk about, you know, other movies now, let's go to you first, Richard, uh, thoughts of what you've heard tonight and what you think about the episode and what you're feeling, any other thoughts of slashers that you want to mention, any hidden ones or anything like that. Just there's your time. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I've had a good time listening to everyone's calls. Uh, I'm really happy that there were actually some Leslie Vernon people out there, which is cool. Um, definitely like to hear everyone mentioning these smaller little slasher movies. And speaking of that, the three that I would probably mention is one called Slaughterhouse, which is really good. Uh, one called Night, The Night Brings Charlie, which only had a VHS release. It might be on Tubi. I'm not sure. Um, it's a it's a serial killing landscaper <laughs> that wears a hood. <laughs> and yeah, it's it, it's got a lot of cheese to it, but it introduces the two killers working in conjunction before scream, which I thought was kind of cool. So I'm curious if, if um, Kevin Williamson had seen that movie or not, uh, since he was definitely inspired by all the slasher movies he grew up with. Uh, and then one called offerings, which is sort of unique because the serial killer is like 300 pounds. And I remember watching it as a teenager going, why don't they just run from him? They could get away from him pretty easy. He's a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, it's neat to hear a lot of appreciation for it because it is a genre that gets poked at a lot, like a lot of our horror films. 
so it's just great to hear the love and admiration for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Dave, what do you got in uh, retrospect, looking at the episode and thinking any more about slashers or anything, any other ones you want to mention or uh, thoughts like that? No, I think, I think we covered everything. I think if, if we didn't, the callers did. And uh, that's what's great about it. Uh, uh, yeah, Leslie Vernon, great film. Um, eh, I don't know if it's my favorite of the 2000 slashers, but it's damn near. It's mm-hmm. such a fun movie. It really is such a fun film. Um, no, I, I think we covered it. I think we just about named every damn slasher we could tonight. <laughs> If we did, we we can name out some more. Don't go in the woods. Woof. Not not that great of a movie. No, no. Not that great of a movie. That's no. Great. I'm just throwing it out. Not even, not even good. <laughs> not even fair. I remember my buddy Matt McDaniels, uh, when he was over there at uh, HorrorCast, Slasher Matt, he had sent me the Blu-ray of that movie. And uh, I, I love you, Matt. And uh, this movie, <laughs> it is what it is. Right. <laughs> I'm glad I own the movie though. <laughs> sure. Sure. See, Dave, I got I need me a book too. I need me a another no, I, book. I, I own uh Don't Go in the Woods. <laughs> I will never watch it again. <laughs> but I own it. Oh my god, good stuff. How about you, Bill? What you got in uh more movies? Anything you want to talk about? Eighties, two thousands, uh anything like that. Yeah, I, I'm just looking one up as we speak because I know the basic parameters of it, but uh, I'm just looking it up as we go. It's called one that I enjoyed. I think we covered uh, 2020's Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tonight. Yeah, I believe we uh, did cover that. One. The, the Polish yeah. film. Yeah. Polish yes. slasher. Mm-hmm. I, I quite like that one. Uh, there's a few others. One that I really love. That nobody brought up from 1982. Curtains. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. John, I forgot about curtains. John Vernon plays a, a lovable asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what a jerk he was. <laughs> but yeah. but that, I like the film, and it's, it's a genre that a lot of people like outdoor cold horror. Mm-hmm. So it's a good one. Uh, George Eastman in Absurd. I don't know how many, if you call that slasher, but I think it's worth a mention. Uh, the 2000, I don't know, it's 2006 in that era, uh, Severance, where the uh, the British film, where the uh, corporate uh, get together. Oh, that was so good! I love that film. It, it goes I awry. Love that movie, yes. Yeah. Uh, New Year's Evil. I don't think anybody mentioned New Year's Evil. Sure. Now, now here's one. Do you consider it a slasher or not? Midnight Meat Train. I do kind of feel like it yeah, is. I think so. Yeah. I, I consider mm-hmm. that one. I, I yes. kind of do, even though it's not a masked killer and it does get a little, that ending goes a little more, uh, what do you call, creature, whatever, but still it's got the slasher elements. Of, yeah, I mean, those scenes on the subway and stuff. You oh, know, they're, they're brutal. Yeah. So those brutal. Good. Uh, what about All the Boys Love Mandy Lane? Yeah. Would yeah. you yeah. call that a slasher? Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't like the movie, but yeah. Uh, no, it's not a great movie. It's okay. It's all right. Um, oh, one that uh, I love that nobody else brought up, I don't think. Visiting Hours. Actually, oh, yeah, somebody did bring that one up. But yeah, did, that is a good one. Yeah. Did somebody bring it up, mm-hmm. Michael Ironside? That, to me, has the best hospital chase scene of any movie. It's really good. Where yeah. they're going in and out between the curtains. Michael Ironside is fantastic in that. One that Jay love and i'm doing this to build his spirits the dorm that drips blood 
<laughs> oh, Jay, if you've ever been wrong about anything, you you are wrong about that movie. <laughs> now, could you call that a Christmas film? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm trying I, to remember. I, I, I don't know if it's a it, Christmas it, film. It, don't they stay over the Christmas holiday? Or is it Thanksgiving? Uh, one, one of the holidays, yeah. One They're of staying the, over the colder, a holiday, yes. The colder holiday. Oh, um, yeah. One that nobody brought up that I quite like that I haven't seen for a while. I've seen a couple times. And you can say is the original masked serial killer film is Alone in the Dark. Mm-hmm. With Martin Landau. Yeah. And uh, who else is in that? Jack Donald Palance, Pleasant. is he in that Donald one? Yeah, Jack Palance. Yeah. Yeah, because he had the hockey mask before uh, Jason Voorhees did. Right. Mm-hmm. And finally, the one I just kind of thought of that I love the film, but it's very tough to find, is Dream Home. The Hong Kong film. Yeah. Oh wow. But the girl yeah. that can't get the apartment. Right. And, 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 and one of the kills in that almost made my gory scene, where at the beginning she gets a security guard, and gets a, a clear plastic bag, puts it around his neck ties it with a tie and then stabs him with a box cutter mm. it is just brutal right. i love dream home great film but uh, you know you know what i just thought of one from a couple years ago you might be the killer yes i oh, have yeah. that down too yeah, yeah. i love that killer. movie that yeah. is so much fun yeah. that's a that's a nice riff on the uh on the horror uh, yeah. slasher definitely uh, did anybody bring up christmas evil no. 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 I, I love that film. Mm. Yep. Christmas Evil. And that is definitely a slasher. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And and Greg, did anybody bring up Motel Hell? Nobody brought up Motel Hell, no. Would you consider that a slasher? It's border. Uh, I mean, it's got a lot of cannibalism and a lot of these different things. So, I mean, you know, you do have a mass killer, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't like. I didn't. Put if it I can put it in a slasher list, absolutely, just because I love that movie. So I'll yeah. put it in any genre. Oh, oh, oh the, the other one was the uh, one from 1981, Effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's a. Tom Savini's acting, not his special effects. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, you also got uh, you got the Tripper. You remember that one? David Arquette directed it. Where oh the yeah. Killer has a Ronald Reagan mask. Yeah. Or and there's also uh, Blood Hook. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, so from '86. Whatever it was, maybe. Oh my yeah. God, Blood Hook. Yeah. That was directed uh, that, by that, Tom that movie. Almost like I'm sitting there. Is this a comedy? Yeah. What, what is this? Because it's. It's not good. <laughs> Justin Beam <laughs> loves that movie. It's so cheesy. Or um, what's the one? Night School. Yeah, Night School is good. Night, night School, school uh, yeah. and Deadly Games. Mm-hmm. Do you remember remember that one? Where it's it's not great either, but it's, <laughs> it came to mind. Anyways, I could probably go on forever and ever, but uh, this was a lot of fun. I had you know de- I like the debates almost as much as reviewing it. It's mm-hmm. just a lot of fun. Right. So. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, if you get, if you find two or three while we talked and rambled on and the guests brought in some good things and the callers brought in some good things, go out and watch. Like, it's literally amazing. I go into YouTube more than Tubi for these kind of films. I just type in 1984 slashers and you'd be amazed how many are on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Now, they could be really crappy VHS transfers, yeah. but there there are lots out there. So... You know, if you go into Tubi, you go into Prime. Prime has all kinds of them. Just give it a whirl. That's, I mean, 
if you don't like blood, don't be a horror fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Pearl, what you got there, love? I was just thinking, is Stepfather considered slasher? Oh, that's a good one. Um, yeah. Mm. I watched that for the first time. I had never yeah. seen it. It's, it's a good movie. such a freaking classic, man. It's so yeah. amazing. Oh, that that but, last 15 uh, minutes. Oh, boy. I just I don't know if I can put it as slasher, even though he does kind of wear a, a disguise. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's, it's so hard to classify mm. some of these films. Yeah. It as is. slasher or not, but it doesn't matter because yeah. Stepfather's great. It's still it's a great. great. Terry O'Quinn is just oh, he's so yeah. menacing in it. Oh, yeah. I have. I still haven't seen the sequel. Is it any good? Eh, Part two is really great. Uh, yeah, three, yeah. Three is in for sure. Uh, yeah, three's boring. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. What else you got? Well, because you took Terry O'Quinn out of it. When you take exactly. out of the equation, you ain't got no movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, the only other one I can think of that is like that first Santa slasher was To All a Good Night. Yeah, the one David yeah. has. Yeah. So that'd be considered a slasher. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, the, the one I did bring up that I haven't actually seen is a 90s slasher, Valentine. Yeah, it's good. Oh, yeah. yeah well, I say it's good. It's It's got some good it's, kills in it. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> It's good to watch on Valentine's. And nobody brought up the Fear Street films. No, someone did. No, yeah. they did. Oh, did they? Someone brought up the seventy-eight. Yeah, one. seven. Anyway, yeah. yeah Brian, okay. Brian Scott. But let me tell yeah. you something. What was the What was the the first one? The nineties. Oh yeah. One um, was ninety-four. Was it? Yeah, and I like that one as much as I like the seventy-eight film. Same. Mm-hmm. I do. I think the. The first two Fear Street films are great. Mm. They really are. When you get into the 1600 one, it's not a slasher anymore, but it doesn't matter. That That is a great series. Yeah. I hope I And once again, another. let's just say, fuck you, Netflix, for no physical release. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. They're so disgusted with that, dude. Oh, bastards. Though I do hear that UK Netflix... They're gonna start releasing, so I wonder if like we can just order imports. <laughs> oh, I'll order yeah, an import I'll, all day I'll long. I'll order imports. Hell yeah, the Fear Street films. Yes. Hell yeah, I'll definitely. What, what, do. what about the remakes? And there's got to be at least four of them. Of I spit on your grave. Would you consider those slashers? Those those are for me are more revenge films. revenge films yeah okay yeah I, I'd okay. consider them more revenge and Same. very good revenge well one of I, I don't one know of. that I could ever watch those movies again it's I saw the first remake and I think I saw the second I think they they're, they're up to about four mm-hmm. yeah you you have the original I spit on your grave yeah, and then yeah. you have the remake that came out in 2010 I want to say mm-hmm. good movies. But man, they're hard to watch again. Yeah. You yeah. just can't you can't really justify watching those movies again. Right. Oh, I can. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> you can. What else you got, love? Nothing else other than it, this was fun. I had a lot of fun with recording with everyone and Richard, you did great. And, yep. and you know what? I I think I'm gonna redo my list because now I'm looking for masked men and stalkers and all this crap and I still say Freddy Slasher. There you go. <laughs> Pearl said it. I'm gonna throw one out that I'm gonna give this a good nod to our good old buddy Boss Butcher. Remember Boss Butcher Day? Yes. 
love yeah. old boss butcher boss was a big fan of this movie as well as i am and it was from 1983, and it's Mountaintop Motel Massacre. Oh, Mountaintop boy. Mountaintop <laughs> Massacre. Wow. Oh, Jim McCullough <laughs> Sr. That, if you want a deep cut, I'm throwing you a deep ooh, cut. Ooh. Check out 1983's Mountaintop Motel Massacre and uh, give that thing a, a, a viewing and see what you think. And I'm going to throw a 2000s one out there and give you Mask Maker. Um, check out Mask Maker. There is one good beheading mm-hmm. scene in there. And a couple good slashing scenes. So that's going to give you two that doesn't get mentioned often. Uh, so I'll throw them two out Mountaintop Ma- Motel Massacre uh, as well. I, I just thought of uh, Trailer Park of Terror. <laughs> have, you seen, have you seen that one? Yes, and I don't know why you're even bringing it up. Okay. <laughs> you can say it if you want to. <laughs> Enter in your own risk, people. <laughs> I was about to say, Bill, did you make that up? Is that a real No. <laughs> You kind of throw it out there, and you're just like, I'll just throw this name out, and it's got to stick somewhere. You know, if I say trailer park, it's got to be somewhere, right? (laughs) Oh, my God. Give it to. All right. I'm going to shut up now. All right. All right. So let's pass this thing around. Let's head over to you. Uh, Well, first of all, let's go to Dave. And, Dave, what is going to be our next episode? Well, our next episode is going to be. The year 1982. Yes! Our top five from 1982. Yet another year the Islanders won the cup. (laughs) Yeah, fuck them. (laughs) But yes, 1982. What, they win four years in a row? Uh, Four in a row. Yeah, I want to say it was 80 to 84. 79 to 83. All right. Well, there's been some time that passed, so. But still, fuck them. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, so the next year is going to be 1982. Nice. It's going to be fun. Get your calls in. 1 804. Yeah. Call, yeah, yeah, call in. Definitely. 1 804 569 5682. Let us know your top five horror films from the year 1982. <laughs> oh my God. I got to do some research now. So, man, I'm mm. here. I am doing research again. Got to gotta do it. Uh, so Richard, what you got, uh, final thoughts, man. Uh, I know we kind of did this, but final thoughts and any plugs that you got for yourself. Uh, well, one more movie to throw out there. Uh, it never came up on anyone's list. Boogeyman. Do you remember that one? Love the boogeyman. Don't say boogeyman around Greg. Dude, (laughs) dude, I got my VHS. I'm looking at my hard shell VHS as a boogeyman part one and part two over there right now. Didn't they make three of them? Uh, did it make the third th- one's really horrible. Yeah, it's like returning. All right. Boogeyman yeah, I, I think I own all three of them. <laughs> didn't, the, didn't the boogeyman make the uh, video nasties? Yeah, it did. First yeah, yeah. What's cool about part two? Part two was kind of being self-referential and metal and meta before it was a thing to do because it takes place on the set of a movie about the the first movie. <laughs> they're about as if it was a real incident which i thought was really cool mm-hmm. yeah. but yeah that last one and um yeah it's been a blast you know i enjoyed it the second time around it was cool interacting with everyone and uh hopefully uh i'll probably meet up with bill at some point because i've been invited to do the commentary 
along with the guys over at Phantom Galaxy for the X-Files, which is going to be really fun for the... Uh, oh, no, no, that, that, that has nothing to do with me. I don't oh, you're not doing that one? <laughs> but, but um, yeah, pretty much that, that right now I'm going to be over there on their show, which is cool. Uh, nice. Joel has asked me over to Retro Movie Geek, where I'm supposed to set up a date to talk about Alice Sweet Alice. Nice. Really oh wow, cool that's a good proto slasher sort of. That is, yeah, that's damn near a slasher as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's got a mask, got a. Yeah, body it cast, does, so. and mm-hmm. it's and it's got, it's got Brooke Shields. Yes, yes, very young. She was Brooke like Shields, 11 yeah. years old, right before she started taking her clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> and they used her name to sell the movie on every physical media copy. Yes, yeah. every damn one. They used Brooke Shields to sell that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to be over there, and I've started a really cool project. Uh, there's a website that's going to go live on April 1st called Monster Kid Central. And it's ran by a really good journalist and friend of mine named Richard Shelbeck, who's done everything from right for uh, ALF, the sitcom back in the day. He's written for Famous Monsters of Filmland. And uh, I ended up in an issue of Mondo Cult with him. And Mondo Cult actually shut down for various reasons. So he found himself without a publication to write for. So he said, you know what? I'm just going to start my own thing. So I've been asked to be a lead contributing columnist for his show, or his site rather. And that's going to start on April 1st. And you can find me on Facebook. Nice. Check out all these cool projects that Richard's going to be part of and podcast episodes, definitely. And uh, uh, keep recovering, keep... uh, feeling better brother and getting strength up as days yeah. go by and your wife's podcast there i hope she does great with that as well yeah we just did some more episodes of that we did commentary together for uh, the last of us uh, a few episodes of that so they haven't gone live or anything yet but they should be done in the future absolutely awesome so let's head over to you dave what do you got in closing plugs and stuff well just you know same as always um, the dvdinfatuation.com my blog I'm still posting reviews over there uh, I'm on Facebook obviously um, posting my movie a day uh, and uh, I'm on uh, Twitter at DVD Infatuation I'm on Letterboxd and Instagram um, over on YouTube and other podcasts Jay the Dead's new horror movies you know, we're still going strong there. DVDinfatuation.com. I've talked with Jay. Our episode will be coming out in the very near future. Where I had uh, my friends from uh, Land of the Creeps on uh, DVD Infatuation. <laughs> and um, on Phantom Galaxy. A couple of podcasts I got going on over there. We have the, um, uh, what is that, Phantom Video where we're looking at, uh, you know, physical releases and um, our, uh, our uh, animated, the illustrative fan, the animated uh, podcast. So uh, check me out on all of these. And um, man, I'm really looking forward to the 1982 episode. Same here, Dave. Absolutely. And definitely check out all these uh, projects Dave's got going on. Busy, busy, busy. And I love it. Uh, Bill, what you got in closing, brother? Oh, more obscure horrors, you know, slashers. Here we go. Uh, no, one thing nobody brought up was the laid to rest. 
Would the Lady the Rust be considered a slasher? Chrome Skull, yeah, absolutely. Chrome Skull? Yeah, I would have thought so. Uh, I love having Richard on. He was great, great, very well detailed, very yes. well researched. Awesome job, sir. You're, the door is always open. You now have the jacket, the special handshake, and the crazy drink. So <laughs> you're, you're, you're part of the club now. Uh, as, as far as uh, anything I've done, um, right now there's an episode, the current episode of uh, the, our friend Don and Ellie, uh, his top 10 countdown. Uh, I did one that of movies we'd love to see remade, which is an interesting listen. Uh, I also have one out there with our friends at the Horror Chronicles, Gerald and Ryan. Uh, we talked about women in horror. Uh, there's always stuff coming out with Phantom Galaxy. And no, Richard, I have nothing to do with X-Files. I don't have enough time in the day to catch up on those. <laughs> so everybody stay safe, have fun, watch some slashers, do some research on 1982, and just get ready for the next one because it's going to be fun. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, love, what you got, Pearl? Well, everyone else to find me on the main group page for LOTC. And I'm on my letterbox. And... As I always say, I'm attached to the hip on Gregor Mortis, so everywhere he's at, I'm at. <laughs> and apparently you're attached to his arm as in getting hit. Right? <laughs> and, and pray for me, because I'm afraid she's going to be slicing me, because she wants to hear what the sound of that blade sounds like going into my flesh, evidently. Well, when she puts her arm down at the end of the bed... Is she, is she looking for Kleenex or is she looking for something else? I don't know, but I'm gonna be very I'm gonna be very jumpy tonight. That's for sure. I'm on edge. <laughs> oh, I can wake you out. Oh, I know you can, man. <laughs> I mean, I would be the easiest one to take out because as soon as I go to the bedroom, I'm out in like two seconds and she's awake. So, I mean, it wouldn't take her but a half second. It, it's, it's like the double gang on Kolchak. You know, if you fall asleep first, you'll get yeah. I'll beat you. Yep, there's the episode. <laughs> there you go. All right. So for me, uh, once again, thanks, Richard, for being on, man. You did great. Uh, for me, thank you. Uh, you can always follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all them places, Letterboxd, YouTube. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in, uh, for helping LOTC be what it is, and that's you, uh, the listeners' podcast, man. I love it. Uh, Children of the Corn 2023 was a dud. Uh, but with that said, <laughs> uh, <laughs> watch whatever you want to watch. It don't matter. Uh, just probably not watch that one. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sparing you the the the. Would you rather watch? Would, would, you rather watch would you rather watch that or all the boys love Mandy Lane? Well, all the boys love Mandy Lane. Did have the young Amber Heard or whatever? She was kind of cute and hot at the time. Oh, before, yeah. before she was shit in bed. That, that's part of what made that movie. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, the now nah, the children corn's rough. Uh, really rough. Okay, uh, Children of the Corner Firestarter. Which Firestarter? Oh, the remake. Oh man, I actually didn't dislike the Firestarter remake, so I'd definitely watch that over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would go there before I would Children of the Corner again. Sorry. Right. Yeah, it was pretty rough. <laughs> All right, but anyways, that's, that's here or there. That's not. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> 1982. Get your research in. Double Double coming up. Man, super excited. Mm-hmm. We're going to have our special guest coming up on the next episode. We're going to have uh, Nathan Bartaball coming on. We're going to be talking monsters. Yeah, <laughs> the TV series. And then uh, Ian Urza and myself are going to be starting a whole other two-part series with Edwidge Finnich. Oh, yeah. We're going to be looking at her oh, and George Hilton. Edwidge Finnich. Wow. Mm. Wow. It's going to be good. Uh, so she, she deserves multiple episodes. There's going to be two of them. <laughs> hey, hey, Greg, Greg, if I say go dive deep, are you going to get in trouble? 
No. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Which I did get all the colors of, uh, of dark. I got that in the mail today uh, with Edward Jennings. Uh, so, yep, got that Blu-ray wow. from Severn Films. Awesome. But anyways, that's it. All right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm rambling. I'm rambling. All right, so everybody, thank you for everybody that called in. We'll see you on the flip side to help keep horror alive. We do that one movie at a time, one review at a time. Till next time, peace. <laughs> Bye-bye.